Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both. AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
through text on our chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You go there, you will see the chat link over on the left-hand side, and uh, you click that, pick a name, pick a password, you're in there. All right. Well, and if you've already got a name, you know, picked one, then you just put it in there and you're in there. Uh, my suggestion is when you do pick a password, pick something easy, pick something short. It's not a bank account, okay? It's just a chat room, you know? I mean, oh, my gosh, if it gets hacked, oh, boy, oh, my, oh, gee, you know, it's it's just a chat room, okay? So, you know, the the... The password is just to protect your name so nobody else picks it and uses it and everybody thinks they're you. Okay, that's it. That's that's the only reason. So, and I say this, you know, you think, yeah, duh, why are you wasting time telling us this? What do you think, we're stupid? Well, look, we've all forgotten passwords, right? I mean, I, I, I have a, you know, I, I think it might be one of my hobbies or something. I'm not sure, but uh, other people do it too, and... You know, it's just, come on, pick, and there's no, there is no limit, okay? Like some places say, well, you look, you got to have eight characters, six characters, 18 characters, whatever it is. Uh, there isn't any. So you could basically do, you know, <laughs> one or two letters, one or two numbers. I mean, you got to be able to remember that, right? And if not, write it down, you know. But if you do lose your password or forget it or whatever, just send me an email which is on the website, which doesn't need any password to get to. So look up my email and say, hey, uh, here's my username, uh, you know, and uh, I can't remember my password, and I'll do my best to help you out. Anyhow, Yahoo Instant Messenger seems to be working for me, so you can contact me through there, too. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Okay. Okay. So, let's get to some stuff. Here's something. ICE agent commits suicide in New York City. Leaves a note revealing government plans to round up and disarm Americans during economic and bank collapse. But how could that happen, man? The stock market's doing fine. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, anyway, after writing a lengthy suicide note exposing terrifying plans the government has for American citizens, you know, this shouldn't come as any news to you folks that listen to AVR, but, you know, I, I read this to you because now here's an ICE guy, and, okay, you know, I will give, you know, the the possibility that, look, Maybe this ICE agent is just a paranoid, delusional man who, you know, obviously had some emotional problems. I mean, he did commit suicide and all. And that's possible. He could just be making it all up. He could have been watching, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy shows a little too much and uh, all that. But then again, on the other hand, he was an ICE agent, and you've got to take some of this stuff and go, hmm... And, you know, part of it could be, and, and then there's the medium, the middle part, where some can be embellished, some can be the truth. You know, you've got to go through this stuff, and, and you know, you secular people, 
would call it your BS filter. Tune that sucker up. You know, and Christians out there, you know, view it as discernment. That's what I view it as, is discernment. But either way, you know, it's like anything else. you got to use it. Tune it up. Come on. Anyway, sources inside the New York City Police Department have revealed to Superstation 95 the contents of the suicide note found on the body, and they are utterly frightening. Well, I guess, you know... We're all so frightened all the time, aren't we? I mean, it's like, oh, boy, I'm frightened. I'm not frightened by this. I don't like it. It it kind of more pisses me off than it does frighten me. Doesn't it you that there's jackasses out there trying to take over the world, ruin our lives? That makes you afraid? That doesn't make me afraid. That makes me angry. I don't like that. Anyway, here's part of the uh, suicide note. The America I grew up in and cherished has been murdered by its own federal government. Our Constitution has become meaningless and our laws politicized so badly they are no longer enforced except for political purposes. The note said, our elected officials are, to a person, utterly corrupt and completely devoid of any love or respect for the country which pays them. Now, I want to point something out to you. Here's an ICE agent, well, an ex-ICE agent, who says our elected officials are, and he's not talking general, he's not talking, he says to a person. Okay, now here's somebody else. Because I also have said, hey, Every one of these government employees is your enemy. Every last one of them. I don't care what kind of smiling face or short dress they might be wearing. Every last one of them is your enemy. And I've had friends tell me, oh, come on, don't you think you're a little off the edge? I mean, you, you know, every last one of them. Are you telling me everybody at the whole county courthouse is against me? And I said, yes, they are. Wow, that's just crazy, and I don't believe that. And then two years later, after he had a chance to be dealing with those people for about a year on his own. Well, not really on his own. I mean, we were there, but he he was his thing. He had to admit, you know, you were right. They are all my enemy. They are all against me. Folks, you see, when you're involved with these people... You start realizing, no, every last one of these suckers is your enemy. They're all against you. If you work for the government, you are my enemy. Now, we don't happen to be at war at this moment, but that don't mean you're not the enemy. Hey, good for you, though. You can always, you know, you can always change that. You can change that before we go to war. But let me tell you something. Once the war pops... Your time for changing is over, okay? You made your choice, and now you're going to, yeah. you know what? You tilled the ground, and you're going to lie in it. But up until then, you know, you got a chance to, uh, you know, say, well, geez, I, I'm going to stand up. And that doesn't mean quit your job. You'll probably get fired, but you could stand up and say, hey, I work here, and I'm telling everybody that, that what's going on in here? 
We are corrupt. We're criminals. We set people up. We lie. We cheat. We steal. I'm exposing this. You could do that. Like I said, you'll probably get fired. But hey, if you don't, you'll probably get dead. So those are your choices. I mean, that's fine. But I recognize this because I've had the misfortune of having to deal with the government. And that's the whole thing. You, you, a lot of people think, oh, that's crazy, that's just this, yeah, there's some bad apples in the government, but, you know, for the most part, oh, that's BS. No, they're all bad apples, okay? Every last one of them is a bad apple, because you know what? Even the guy that's stomach is all upset every day, they got to go to work and go, oh, boy, I really hate doing this because I know what's going on here, and it's terrible, and blah, 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 but I I, I got to have that paycheck. I'm just doing my job, and I, yeah, and they keep their mouth shut, and they watch the criminality. They watch people's lives destroyed, and they don't do anything to stop it. They don't do anything to expose it, and I'm telling you right there, that's an enemy. That is, do you know what they call that in war? They call that a collaborator, and collaborators get shot. And here's somebody else. To a person, utterly corrupt and completely devoid of any love or respect for the country which pays them. To them, Everything is about getting and keeping power and making illicit money from backroom deals. Whew. The 42-year-old U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Depor uh, Deportation Officer shot himself with a 40 caliber service pistol inside Pier 40 in Hudson River Park at around 11 a.m. A source at the scene described how the officer calmly walked into the park, took out his pistol, and shot himself in the head. The 42-year-old worked as U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Deportation Officer, and his offices were nearby to the scene of the shooting. He was rushed to the Lenox Hill Hospital, but doctors were unable to save him. ICE released a statement Friday afternoon. Tragically, a U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Deportation Officer from New York Field Office suffered a self-inflicted gunshot wound and has passed away. In it. It added, the agency's not releasing any further details pending notification of the men's next of kin. The suicide note goes on, I was hired to enforce the law to capture and deport people who come into this country against our laws. But now, if I dare do that, I face being suspended or fired because our president refuses to faithfully execute the, du execute the duties of his office. Instead, I come to work each day and collect a paycheck twice a month for intentionally doing little to nothing. I cannot and will not be party to this fraud, to this usurpation of the law, or to the despicable politicians betraying our nation, the note continued. <laughs> wow. You know, I, uh, it's too bad that the guy blew his own head off instead of thinking, you know... I wonder if I could find any of these despicable politicians. Maybe we could take a little trip together. ICE's Office of Professional Responsibilities reviewing the matter and coordinating with the New York Police Department on the cover-up. I, I mean the investigation. The agent worked at the field office in Lower Manhattan just blocks away from the scene. Um... The suicide note goes on, and now here's where, you know, it gets to be, well, okay, 
he might know something, he might have known something specific from, you know, based on his job, or he could be extrapolating from some stuff that he's seen on the Internet and all that. Either way, I think what he's describing is, is truly the plans, but I don't know if it's, it's legitimate or, or not. There's no way to know, but I'll read it. If the American people knew what this government is planning, they would rise up and overthrow it. Well, he has a lot more faith in Americans than I do, because I think even if they knew the majority of Americans, if they knew what was really going on in America, what they would do is they'd crawl up in a ball and go in the corner and have a nice big cry. That's what I think they would do. If I or anyone else in the federal government revealed what is coming, we would be killed anyway. So now I will, I will reveal what I know. In other words, he's saying whistleblowers get killed. We in the federal government enforcement have been drilling for several years to control riots and uprisings from a coming federal financial collapse and widespread bank failures. The drills involve life-sized images of American men, even women and children. And you all know this. You've seen the stories of the, uh, there's a company out there that makes life-size uh, targets for law enforcement with women and children and, you know, men on there. You know, pictures of them. So, you know, cops can shoot them with the feeling of, I just shot a real person. And, ooh, I'm getting over it. Yay! Anyway. Um, whom we are told to shoot for practice and to get used to it. We've been told that the economy is terminally ill and will fail in 2016. We are also told the banks are all insolvent and the FDIC doesn't have nearly enough funds to bail out depositors. See how well communism has worked? We are told these events are unavoidable. And it is imperative that the government survive when people rise up over this. See, this is what globalism has created, folks. This is how globalism works. Now, I have a question here. These events are unavoidable, and it is imperative that the government survive. Why? Why is it imperative that the government survive? Do you see... The disconnect here, they are, teach, they are training their enforcers to shoot men, women, and children because the government must survive. And my question is, why? Why does the government need to survive? See, I've got completely the opposite view. The people need to survive. The government can go to hell. Okay? Honestly. And I don't say that that often because, you know, it's not a nice thing to say. But honestly, this government can be crushed up and put in a wood chipper for all I care. I mean, honestly, it, it, it has become destructive. Oh, and I'm not even talking about all the dead bodies all around the world. Ask the Iraqis if they think the United States government's destructive. Ask the Afghanis. Ask the Libyans. Ask the Syrians. Ask the Bosnians. You know, it goes on and on. I could spend a whole hour saying, ask them, ask them, ask them. But hey, ask the American people. You think this is working out for us? When the collapse takes place, 
detention camps created under FEMA Rex 84 program in the 1980s to house illegal aliens whom we were going to deport will instead be used to imprison American citizens with whom the government feels constitute a threat. American citizens will be rounded up without warrants and imprisoned without trial for God knows how long. Yeah? Well, you come and try it. You know, I think this is their plan, and they had hoped to have us pretty much disarmed by that time. But you know what? I don't care what they say. They can write down whatever they want. They can make guns illegal tomorrow. I am not giving up my guns no matter what. And if they come and try to get them, I'll start giving them the ammunition first. Oh, you want all this? Well, you better have the ammunition first. And I suggest you take on the same attitude, folks. Or, you know, go get yourself some handcuffs and practice wearing them because that's going to be your life as a slave. Oh, and you think you're just going to sit in a jail cell with handcuffs on? You and your wife and kids, do you? No. You get to sit there and know that your wife just got dragged off to be a prostitute, okay? To be a sex slave for the uh, soldiers and whoever else the government decides. You can sit there and realize that your children have just become experimental guinea pigs and, and child sex slaves. Yeah. There are things worse than just dying, okay? And this government's real good at those things. These camps have been equipped to carry out Hitler-scale killings. Well, only Hitler-scale killings? No, I think they've been more set up to do Mao Zedong-style killings or Stalin-style killings. How come we never mention Stalin or Hit uh, or uh, Mao Zedong's killings? You know. Uh, Mao Zedong killed at least, well, Stalin killed twice as many as Hitler did. And Mao killed a third more than Stalin. Why do we never mention them? I'll tell you why. Because both Mao and Stalin were communists. Hitler was only a socialist and he was a nationalist, see, that's the whole thing. I'm going back to that, folks. Everything goes back to the real issue. Globalism versus nationalism. Which now, I really honestly believe we should start calling Americanism. Specific to us. We don't care what anybody else in the rest of the world does. Americanism. What are you going to tell me? Oh, you're a bigot. You're this. Wait a minute. Americanism is bigotry? Racism? Really? We're here in America. You're in America. And you're telling me Americanism is bad? Are you un-American? Because if you are, that kind of makes you a traitor. And if you're an elected official, that kind of makes you guilty of treason. So let these pieces of garbage in Washington, D.C. start telling you that, oh, Americanism is wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, put them on the, put them on the carpet, man. Anyway, he says, I cannot be party to this. 
the government knows the military will rise up to stop this, so our military is being deployed overseas, intentionally involved in foreign fights, and deliberately shrunk in size so they cannot be here for, to, or help Americans. This is why certain ammunition and weaponry has been removed from state-level National Guard armories, and over a billion rounds of hollow-point ammunition have been brought, bought by the federal government. The states themselves have been disarmed of military-grade firepower, so they cannot defend themselves from the federal activities. This is also why local police departments have been militarized and provided with armored vehicles and weapons of war. When the inevitable collapse begins to take place, electric power to the entire country will be shut off, as will all forms of communication. All banks will be immediately closed. Now, let me, let, me, let me go through this, because preparation is a big part of what I endorse. And, and, you know, this is something that I need to get into myself, okay? Communication. All forms, well, no, not all forms. Folks, please, get yourself a shortwave radio. Get yourself, if you can, a ham radio. Because if you have a shortwave radio with single sideband, you can tune in to ham broadcasts, okay? If you have a ham radio, you can broadcast what's going on where you live. If you have shortwave radios, you can hear what's going on and know. Okay, so no, not all communication can be cut off because they don't control all communication. This is why. Why do you think they license ham radios? Oh, well, you know, it's just for, yeah, yeah, it's for control. Buy a used one, put it away. You know, don't get out there and screw around today with, uh, you know, licensed ham operators because most of them are so brainwashed into the government tripe that they'll report you in a heartbeat if you're on there messing around without a license because you're messing with their hobby. But keep it in a closet and get ready to use it if when this happens. Banks will be uh, immediately closed. Hey, folks, have some cash on hand. Have some coins on hand. Definitely gold and silver. You're going to need something to trade with. No one will be able to get any money because all the ATMs will be offline. Credit, debit cards will not function. Anyone without cash will have no way to get any. The emergency alert system will be used to take over all broadcast stations and tell the public this is a result of a cyber attack. But while the American people patiently await things to get, you see, and, and I believe that's probably true because look how they're setting us up. Oh, well, we need to be very afraid of the cyber attacks. The hackers are out to get us. The cyber, cyber, cyber attacks. It's going to kill you. Oh, they're going to get you through the Internet. Isn't that what we hear all the time? It is. Why? So when something happens and they say, now, see, we told you, look. Everybody will go, oh, my gosh, those dirty, routing hackers. But while the American people patiently await things to get back to normal, the government will unleash roundups of citizens they deem militants or dangerous with all civilian communications out and all TV and radio stations taken over by the emergency alert system. By the time word spreads of what is taking place, the government will already have the upper hand. Folks, that's the thing. Get ham radios, even CBs. Okay? Now, that sounds, well, <laughs> a CB, ha, 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 ha. How far can that go? A couple miles. Yeah. 
you know, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago, I actually, you know, my, my handle on uh, the CB up here uh, was Gatekeeper. And the reason why was because at the time, I was the only one with a gate on my driveway. And I kept it closed all the time. And I became known as Gatekeeper because of my gate. Because nobody else had one. And the reason I put that gate there was because I was standing here one day. And I, I didn't even have a house or anything built yet. And just rolls right in my, into my driveway is uh, the state forestry guys. And they were real nice and all that. And there was nothing n- nothing hostile or anything about it. But they just, like, roll right onto my property and... Uh, you know, start talking to me and this and that and the other thing, and I'm I talking to them, and then they leave, and I thought, well, geez, you know, uh, boy, i got to do something about that. These people think they can just kind of roll on into my property anytime they feel like it, and uh, I'm not having that, so I put up a gate. And that's the story of why I first got a gate. So, thing about it is what we did was, yes, a CB can only go, a mile or two or whatever. I mean, you could put a booster on it, go a little further. But let's say it only goes a mile. So you get on there and you go, hey, uh, I see troop movement or, you know, there's a column of whatever going this direction on this road. So a guy a mile away, he hears it and he gets on his thing and he says this, he repeats that. And another guy a mile away hears it, you get the picture. Everybody does that. People from 10, 20 miles away can know what's going on, at least in their area. And that means people from 20 miles around can coordinate their efforts to maybe go pay a visit to that column of invading federal genocidists and uh, maybe teach them a little lesson about you don't belong around these here parts. That's the value of communication, folks. You know, now uh, I'm going to go a little long here because I want to finish this. Every federal prison has been outfitted with lethal gas systems. When things go bad, all prisoners in all prisoners, prisons will be placed in their cells on lockdown. Prison staff will depart the facility and a certain designated person will trigger a lethal gas system. All federal prisoners, regardless of their crime or their sentence, will be gassed to death in their cells. Once the gas clears, the dead will be removed and the prisons will be used to house citizens who fight against the federal onslaught. Well, I mean, this is this suicide note goes on and on. He goes through executive orders. Uh, you know, you know I, I think people need to actually pay attention to this sort of thing. Because whether or not the guy has first-hand knowledge of it from being in ICE, or he just read about it and his involvement in ICE caused him to believe that it's all true. Either way, I'm not in ICE and I believe it's all true anyway. I don't have to be involved with ICE to believe it's true. How about you? And you know what? Better safe than sorry, huh? Look, 
What's the best way to keep from getting mugged? Let me tell you a little story about, before I go to break, about being homeless. What I found out is, for some reason or another, everybody seems to be scared of crazy people. Nobody wants to mess with crazy people. Nobody wants to be around crazy people. Everybody stays away from the crazy people, even the bad guys, man. The big, bad, tough guys, they don't want nothing to do with crazy people any more than you do, okay? So, when you're out on the street, you don't want to get messed with? Be the crazy person. You know, I had a natural, uh, you know, skill for this. But it works, and I can tell you it works. I've seen it work with other people. I don't know if they were just doing it to keep people away or they really were crazy. It doesn't really matter. The results were the same. My point is the best way to keep from getting attacked is to look like somebody you really don't want to mess with, okay? And if the American people, and they have, okay, they have been arming up. But just having guns ain't going to do you any good if you're not prepared to use them. They're not going to do you a whole lot of good if you don't know what's going on. You need to communicate. Folks, you know, I mean, this is not, this, this not going to be good. Once it starts, it's going to be too late to get complete. Oh, oh, okay, now let's start a group. Well, how are you going to do that? So, folks, prepare now. Let let these people in government know, oh, by the way, you know what? I just bought three more rifles and a thousand more rounds. And, uh, hey, guess what else? I have CBs and ways to communicate with my community. Oh, guess what else, Congressman? I have, uh, we have groups around here. Oh, you know what? We're monitoring you, and you, we're keeping an eye on you. And if you make one false move, let me tell you, we're ready for you. Just letting you know. Just saying. Yeah. Be careful not to threaten the little sissies because they'll start crying and call the police and, you know, get all upset and all that. But you can certainly let them know that, hey, we're prepared. Once they know that, they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, mm -hmm." anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at naturelogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Like, look, and that's not a slam on Donald Trump, but even if, and I don't know that he is a good guy who really is going to follow through with what he says, even if he tried, he's, you know, he's not the, unless, is that what you want? You want a dictator? You want a president with a, you know, complete power? Really? I don't think that's a good plan. Because I don't care what a good guy you are. You give somebody that kind of power, they won't be a good guy for long. All right? Fact is, he's just the president. He can only do so much. And yeah, hey, if he would just do what a president could do, hey, we'd be at least... I don't know if we could... I don't know if that would be enough to turn it around. But at least we'd stop this bus where we could stop and talk about, hey, look, stop. You see that cliff over there? Yeah. Well, we're going to head over it if we keep going the way we're going. So let's talk about turning this thing around, huh? At least maybe we could do that. But you can't count on that. That's like doing the same thing we're doing now. Well, let's just, you know, hope the government fixes everything. Let's hope the Federal Reserve figures out, you know, how to make this scam keep going. Let's just hope, huh? Let's put our faith in men. Well, I think that's a bad plan. Okay? You can see where we're headed. Look, man, you know, even people in Florida are smart enough to know when a hurricane's coming, get the plywood, nail it to the windows, and, you know, bat down the hatches. Here comes a storm. You don't see the storm coming? Because it is. And it's all around you, and it's getting, it's pretty close, I'm thinking. You know, and there are things you can do. You know, and I don't have all the answers for everything you should do. I don't know where you live. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know how much money you got. I don't know what, you know, what your family situation is. I don't know if your wife's going to throw a fit. You come home with a 20-pound bag of rice. You know, there are people out there that are unequally yoked to to the extent to where you know one of the one of them and I don't want to be sexist here so I'll just say one of them will want to prepare and will do something like come home with a 20 pound bag of rice and and the other one will throw a fit going what do you know wait the money where are we going to put that we ain't got no room for that crap with absolutely no idea of what's coming. So I don't know what your situation is, but whatever it is, you need to start looking around and deciding what you need to survive. And this is a good, simple thing. And it doesn't take into account everything, but hey, it's a start. You look around where you live and imagine, okay? Imagine, I know. You're, you might have to dust off your imagination and all because most people ain't got any imaginations left because they've spent too many years sitting in front of a TV that just tells them their imagination. Here's, here's what you need to imagine. You know, you don't get to imagine anything that, you know, on your own. You know, like kids, remember being a kid? Do you remember being a kid and just sitting there daydreaming and imagining things? Yeah, well, huh. now, hey, the kids don't even do that. They got iPhones. They got iPads. They got TV. They got gaming. They got all kinds of things. They don't need no stinking imagination. 
But I suggest you dust it off and look around your house and imagine no electricity, no water, no sewer, no police, no nothing. Everything you got is all you'll ever have. Can you survive? If the answer is, hmm, I don't think so, well, then you best get to preparing, huh? And you're a little behind. I'll tell you that right now. Unless you've got a big pile of money, well, you're going to have to do what you can. And if you don't have a big pile of money, which I don't, but you know what? I have been amazed at, the, at how fast stuff can really pile up if you just stick to a program. Stick to a plan, man. Okay, look, I'm going to, well, whatever your funds are, I'm just going to arbitrarily do this. And you just, you know, you just make it fit to your life, okay? So let's say you go shopping every week. So you make a plan and you just say, okay, look, I'm going to buy what I buy like we all do. We all pretty much buy the same stuff all the time because we like what we like and we buy what we, we like. That's it. We don't deviate that much. So just say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing that, and every week I'm going to buy two cans of corn. And, and uh, corn's bad. I, I don't, don't say corn. Something else. All right, whatever. Okay, so you keep doing that, man, and every time you keep doing that, you know, now you'll be surprised. Do you realize if you do that? In one year, you'll have 110 cans. A 20-pound bag of rice is like 10 bucks where I live. Might be more or less where you live. A 20-pound bag of beans is about 14 bucks where I live. Well, from what I've read and everything I've seen, the proper mix is two to one. Two rice, one beans. And then you have a complete, you know, uh, meal. You got protein, you have carbs, you got, boom. You can survive on rice and beans. Proper mix is two to one. So let's see. Two 20-pound bags of rice, one 20-pound bag of pinto beans is uh, 35 bucks. Are you telling me... You can never scrape together thirty-five bucks. I can't. I just can't do it, man. Thirty-five bucks is just out of my realm of reality. I can't. I just think got it. I never have it. I never ever in a whole month. I don't have thirty-five extra dollars. Well, you know what? If you're living in a house and you're driving a car and you're doing all that stuff, I think you're lying. Okay, you've deceived yourself, like so many people do. They'll sit there and line at the gas station buying a $7 pack of cigarettes telling me they ain't got any money for that crap. Oh, really? Is that right? Well, okay, fine, then die, because that's what's going to happen to you. But do, that, do you realize that right there is 60 pounds of food? 60 pounds of food. Now, okay, we eat probably too much now, but when you're, you know, on survival mode and on the brink of, hey, you know, if we don't make this last, we're all going to die, uh, you probably can get by on less. 60 pounds of food will last quite a while. 
And the beans and rice, of course, you know, when you add water, you know, probably uh, doubles the weight. So, folks, I mean, honestly, think about that. For $35? Really? And then, hey, uh, what, a half a gallon of uh, Kiko Men's soy sauce, where, where I live, is about 5 bucks. So throw in 5 bucks. Wow. You can live on that. Folks, you know, this isn't going to the Chinese buffet, all right? I'm talking about survival. And you can do this on the cheap, folks. 40 bucks, you got yourself set. And then, hey, let's say you decide, well, I'm going to start growing some, uh, well, I don't have a garden. I live in an apartment, blah, 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 blah. You really? Get a bucket. Get some dirt. You can grow onions in a bucket. You can grow garlic in a bucket in a window. You can do that. Mix that. Hey, things are getting better, aren't they, when you start doing this? This is simple, and it's cheap, and you can do it. And if you're behind the curve, folks, and you haven't prepared, I suggest you pony up 40 bucks and get started right away. I don't have time to go into anything else like, oh, yeah, and once you get your beans and rice, gee, you're going to want a way to protect them so somebody who didn't listen to the show doesn't want to come by and say, give me that beans and rice, and you got no way to protect yourself. Better get away. Hey, you don't like guns? Fine. Buy a sword. Buy a, buy a, buy a crossbow. Buy a knife, at least, for crying out loud. Throw some gasoline on them and a match. You know, whatever you got to do to protect yourself, folks. You really, if you're going to get through this, you're going to have to start getting your mind right. And there ain't no doubt about that. And as always, I'll leave you with this. You better get your spirit right. You better get the Lord and get him now. I'm serious. Because if you ain't got the Lord, what's the point anyway? Anyway, have a good weekend. I will see you on Monday. We got a full day coming up. Survival time is later, so I suggest you listen to that. It's uh, you know, Richard has left, but he uh, he had good information. It's still valuable. As always, thanks for listening. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today, Friday the 13th, it's May, and it's it's 2016. Once again, thank you for joining the program today. Good afternoon, Alfred. Well, Melody, is Friday the 13th anything like April 1st? No, lucky you. All right, because I was wondering if I need to be taking particular <laughs> care. I know that I've planted the seed now, so I'm yes, going to be watching. <laughs> um, <coughs> way to go, Al. Hey, we have gold. Nice day, nice recovery on the day, 1030 on gold, New York spot at 1274. We have silver up 14, 1720. Platinum up three at 1,053. Palladium down one at 596. USDX is up 0.39 at 94.56. It's nice to see the the gold up strong with the dollar up strong today. Uh, There's only a little pressure on crude oil, 0.44 at 46.26. Uh, the paper markets today, Dow had a big reversal, uh, down about 1%, 185 points down at 17,535. The NASDAQ was down 19,47.17. The S&P was down 17 at 2,046. And the 10-year yield, 1.70%. down 0.05. The euro was down with the dollar stronger, of course, 113. Um, Just the Asian markets were down. China uh, had its lowest numbers for two years, so a lot of pressure in the Asian areas, Al. Well, you know how that Asian pressure is. You you get pressure now, and two hours later, uh, you're hungry for... They're hungry again. Okay. I think it has something to do with the MSG. Really? Well, that's what I read. 
I saw it on the internet, so it must be true. So it must be true. It we. Must be. And I'm French. Anyway, what's next? Got an article here from Miss Shedlock that talks about retail store sales. And the headline is Retail Department Store Carnage, Amazon to Blame, question mark. This week, Macy's, Nordstrom, Dillard's, Kohl's, and Ralph Warren apparel stores have all reported dismal sales or profits. Macy's reported the worst quarterly sales since the recession, the Great Recession. On Thursday, Nordstrom did the same. Kohl's posted an 87% drop in profits and an unexpected decline in sales. This is all for the first quarter of the year. Stores struggled to explain why consumers are not spending. Now, this is the question, and this is the real story of this article. Why aren't consumers spending, at least in these apparel stores? Analysts blame Amazon, but is Amazon really the culprit? In other words, Amazon, as I'm sure all you all know, you can make place your orders by credit card, debit card, over the Internet, and they send stuff out to you, and you don't have to go shopping. You can shop on the computer, and, uh, you know, they, they, they have taken up a lot of business. But the argument here is that it really isn't Amazon is not to blame, and we'll show you why. Macy's poor results triggered a sell-off across apparel makers, mall owners, luxury brands, and rival chains. Macy's shares had their biggest drop since 2008. We're frankly scratching our heads, said Chief Financial Officer Karen Hoggett. Um, Nordstrom has reported lower profits in five of the past six quarters. Nordstrom Incorporated cut its financial projections for the for the year following worse than anticipated results for the first quarter. As the retailer stated, it needed bigger discounts to clear inventory. And what that means, there's going to be some sales. And Nordstrom's not the only one who's complaining about they have excess inventory. That means they've got to have some interesting sales coming up here. Kohl's uh, posted an 87% drop in profit for the latest quarter and surprise de- decline in sales. Shares of Kohl's dropped 9.2% to $35.15. This lowest close in more than seven years. And the worst performer Thursday in the Standard & Poor 500 over the past 12 months. Coal stock has declined 53%. Um, Dillard's sales slid 5% three month, first three months of the year, marking the third straight quarterly decline. Disappointing sales pressured the company's gross margin and net income, eclipsing efforts to control expenses. Ralph Lawn, net income dropped 67% to $41 million in the first quarter. Total revenue fell 1%, $1.9 billion, intensifying uh, pressure on its new chief executive to outline a strategy uh, that will return the company to growth. Uh, um, we've got a new chief executive. I don't know why we have a new chief executive for Ralph Lauren, but there's a real good chance that the previous chief executive was removed fired or at least invited to resign because Lauren was already in trouble. Now, I don't know that to be true, but that's at least an interesting implication. And now we've got a new chief executive, and he's got to come up with some strategy that's going to get him out of trouble. 
the the article then the the article next segment it says Amazon to blame. Executives of some of the country's biggest clothing chains are struggling to explain why consumers aren't spending more time and money in their stores. Again, analysts have a familiar culprit, Amazon.com, Inc. However, Amazon accounts for only 6% of all the U.S. retail apparel market, 6.7%. They didn't grow all that much last year. Even if they grew, they probably only grew about 1%. If they grew 2%, it still wouldn't explain what's happened to these other stores. The Amazon is being blamed, but Amazon is only peripherally responsible for the store for the sales uh, decline at these stores. Now, what the article continues, and we begin to see what the problem is, plus we begin to see something. What, begin to see, we see a clue what's happening to the American consumer right now. And it's not necessarily news, but it's evidence. Right? It says discount chains like TJ Maxx and first and fast fashion retailers such as H&M, which can offer jeans as cheap as $17 a pair and polo shirts for $10, are grabbing foot traffic and hurting demand for the $50 jeans and $80 polo shirts that Macy's sells. Problem's not Amazon. The problem is these people have been selling products that have been overpriced for years. And they've been getting away. In essence, the stores are going broke. The ones that are going broke, at least, not all of them are going broke, but the ones that are suffering the problem are the ones who have been selling expensive labels rather than fairly priced and prudent clothes. People were buying the label, Ralph Warren. Look at me, I'm a rich guy, I've got Ralph Warren, I've got a t-shirt. You know, how can that be a sign of wealth? If you're willing to pay $80 for a $10 shirt, is that a sign of wealth? Is that the kind of mentality that seems, oh, here's, here's a high roller. Here's somebody who's going to make a lot of money and be fabulously successful. He's dressing for success by spending $80 on a $10, on a $10 shirt. People don't need and they can't afford to spend $80 for a label when they could get a polo shirt for just 10 bucks. This is evidence that the middle class is shrinking, consumers are going broke, and therefore becoming more cost-conscious. If you're a retailer, retailer charging top dollar for your goods or services, you're going to lose revenue. You're being, the competition is going to make you go broke. More importantly, as consumers become more cost-conscious, we'll see lower prices, which are evidence of deflation, recession, and even depression. Lower prices, right? Deflation will be a very will be very difficult for overly indebted stores to survive because deflation, lower prices is it isn't quite deadly, but it's certainly harmful to anybody who's got significant debt because you wind up having to pay your repay your debt with more expensive dollars. Deflation breaks and bankrupts debtors. Inflation is good for debtors. Deflation is terrible for debtors. And if prices are falling, and if that's what consumers have in mind, they say, I'm not paying 80 bucks for a $10 polo shirt. That's where their mindset is. The people who have been selling polo shirts for 80 bucks are going to, they're in trouble. Um, where are my stores or stores that are overly indebted and are therefore dependent on selling expensive labels 
rather than discounted shirts and pants and products, they're going to tend to go bankrupt. Um, according to Shedlock, Macy's, Nordstrom, Dillard's, Kohl's, Ralph Lauren, etc., are all overexpanded mightily, meaning they've borrowed too much money. Stores are in such strong condition. Additionally, they are, there is so much competition in the apparel market that they cannibalize their own sales. Uh, boomers are retiring. Another reason for the problem is that every, the, the, the uh, boomer generation are retiring from the middle class, not just retiring from work. They're retiring from the middle class, and they now have less money to spend. The millennials and Generation Z don't make as much as the retiring boomers did and are therefore not entering the middle class. Huh? They're not going to spend. They're not paying. Uh, they, they're not going to spend 80 bucks for a $10 shirt. Huh? You can say what you want about the millennials, but they're not as dumb as a lot of people suppose. And another point is that relative to older generations, millennials shun debt. That's evidence that these kids have some brains. Another explanation for the consumers not not. Well, I disagree with you a little bit there, Al, because these millennials, it's not so much that they've got brains, it's that they've got parents that have brains and they have, you know. <laughs> and a lot of them are living with their Not to say that they're not all, you know, don't get me wrong, I know some very intelligent millennials, but uh, their parents really have made it easier for them to were like our parents didn't i mean we were no, out uh, we have... were out we were out struggling working a couple of jobs doing going to school and everything else and uh, uh you know these kids are living at home uh you know they're provided with cars insurance their parents have to pay their Some car their Some parents have to pay their health insurance until they're 27 with obamacare so you know and uh it's my point or this article regardless says millennials shun debt. They're not willing to go into debt to buy a house. They're not willing to go into debt to buy a car or clothes and the rest of it. Well, things are too expensive. Well, that's part of the reason, and they don't have the income besides, but just the same, they are shunning debt. That has been the American solution to problems. We'll just go out and get myself a uh, liar's loan on an automobile, a subprime uh, auto loan, and I can buy a new car. And these millennials are saying, no, we're not going to, I'm not going into debt. I'm not even, if I can lie about it, I'm still not going to debt. That's the implication. All right. Again, and he points out, consumers sense a, re- a recession, even if analysts don't. Right? Retail stores and manufacturers are overloaded with inventory. What that means is a declining revenue plus excess inventory equals sales. We're going to see some hellacious clothing sales in the near future, followed by a series of... Uh, Apparel shop closing, closing, closings, and possible retail chain bankruptcies, followed by when, they, when a couple of them go out of business, competition is, re, is reduced. We'll see reduced competition, followed by marginally higher prices. Right? But we should see some very interesting sales, at least in some of the top brand names. Won't be long, and you may be able to get an $80 polo shirt that says Ralph Lauren on it. And you'll be able to kick it up, pick it up for ten dollars plus maybe an extra twenty-five cents for the Ralph Lauren label. So ten twenty-five, pretty good deal. Maybe coming our way. Um, it's just an interesting story to me because we see it. We see this evidence that the mindset of consumers 
is moving away from shop till you drop. They're not going to shop till they drop. Or perhaps they've already dropped and they're not going to shop anymore, but they understand this is serious business. And that is part and parcel of the kind of psychology that is consumer psychology that is, uh, I don't know, it's predisposed to supporting something like a recession or worse. The The shop to the drop, shop till you drop might no longer apply. However, I still believe they're just changing their purchasing habits. Now if, you look, now, if you look at what people are spending their money on, it's all entertainment. I mean, how many polo shirts can you own? How many pairs? Of, I mean, eventually, you're going to have to change your buying habits. And I think you're seeing, and most of these, most of the money of all the different industries out there, the enter, entertainment business, people need to be entertained. So they don't mind spending a you know, 200 bucks for a ticket to go see some concert. They don't mind paying, uh, you know, 200 bucks to go see a football game. You know, then you add another 200 bucks for your hot dog and beer. You know, so I think you're seeing what I think of what it is, is you're cha- they're changing what they're spending their money on. A lot of it. Maybe so. not the only thing. Well, I do. Yeah, it's undoubtedly, every, ha- every bit of this is true, but which is predominant. I think the reality is we're running out of middle-class people. Middle-class is disappearing. People don't have disposable income, so they're not buying. I'm not saying the retail stores and and the product in that sector is not having problems. I mean, I believe we've never came out of the recessions, probably from, you know, the 80s. Okay? So they've just been covered up. The 1980s or the 1880s? Maybe both. Okay. You know, so... Yes, I do believe this is another sign of the times where people don't have the money, they don't have the jobs, they don't have the income and so forth. But the money that they do have, they want to be entertained. Shirts don't entertain them. Maybe not. Not like it used to. It wasn't the – and I think when you're buying – well, we're ready to go to break. Go ahead and continue your thought. Finish your thought, Melody, and then we'll go to break. No, let's just go ahead and go to break. Thank you. All right. You're going to have to come back with that thought when we get back. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Stevens from Financial Survival. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned. count high, half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the prostate kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate gland. Call Apothecary Herbs for the prostate kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the prostate kit and empower yourself. Toll free, 866-229-3663 for international callers, 704-875-8010. That's toll free, 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning.
beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. What's next, Melody? Well, I just want to remind the listeners, yesterday's special is still good today. So we have gold up 10 bucks. We have silver up 14 cents. We're keeping the special the same. So it's even a greater deal than it was yesterday. $750 for $28 face value of 90% quarters or dimes. And we have an AU $5 Liberty gold piece that includes all your shipping costs, $750. So folks, give us a call, 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. It's the same number I was just talking about. Yeah, I know. You know what? It it just, it warms my heart. I mean, I've been, you know, I believe in this company. I believe in what we do, and I believe we help a lot of people. They get the truth, and they really do have the best portfolios out there when it comes to their gold and silver. And I would compare them to anyone's in this country as far as what people are holding. And it just tickles me when somebody says, you know, I didn't even have to look up your number. I just know it by heart. (laughs) So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, on behalf of the other people who know it by heart, you're welcome. Got an article here, uh, and the headline is Raw Venezuela. Looter burned alive while streets filled with people killing animals for food. Uh, the situation in Venezuela is reaching out of is reaching all out chaos as crippling socialist policies have resulted in a devastating power and food shortage as well as a looming as well as looming political instability 
We're going to go through this article, but I want you to remember that they start out blaming the crippling socialist policies. This is evidence. What we're seeing in Venezuela is evidence of what happens when you you support, establish, embrace a leftist theory of government. And there's more to it than just being a socialist. We'll get to that by the time we get to the end of this article. The point was reached long ago where people were forced to wait in long lines for basic rations that may not even be there or turn turn to the black market. Now, hunger and scarcity have apparently reached a tipping point that is driving people to poach stray animals and even pets for food. Now, one of the things about this is this is a worst-case scenario. And you can reasonably wonder if something like this is possible in this country. And the answer may be no, it's not possible. But on the other hand, you know, Venezuela, I've never been there, I've never visited the country. But I'm going to guess that, you know, tropical country, lots of plants growing here, there, and around. I don't get the impression that Venezuela is overwhelmed by metropolis, uh, by huge cities. You would think there would be people that are fairly close to whatever cities they have who are growing livestock, got some cattle, got some sheep, got some goats, got some pigs, whatever, growing, growing vegetables in the garden. These people are out of food. In a country that, at least I'm guessing, being tropical and whatever, you would suppose that it's conducive to growing crops. Now, that may not be true. Just because it's tropical doesn't necessarily mean that you can grow everything you want for food there. But still, this should be there should be plenty of food, and yet people are hunting in the streets looking for animals. Uh, Ramon, according to the Pan Am Post, Ramon Machado, mayor of... Chacao in Caracas said the streets of the capital of Venezuela are filled with people killing animals for food. It is a painful reality that people hunt cats, dogs, and pigeons to ease their hunger. People are also reportedly gathering vegetables from the ground and trash to eat as well. Six Venezuelan military officials were arrested for stealing goats to ease their hunger as there was no food at Fort. Menore, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it, it's a military base. Crime has also become uh, inevitable. According to the Daily Mail, an alleged thief surrendered uh, the most, suffered the most brutal mob justice in Caracas, Venezuela, when he was beaten up and burned alive in the street. Now, he didn't die, but he had burns over 70% of his body. Uh, the article concludes, let us hope that these events don't come home to the streets of America. But you should prepare to avoid them in case they do. And that's probably true. Uh, people, you know, you may want to just, um, you want to, may, may want to start raising cats, keep them around the house, maybe have extra couple of dogs. Maybe there's something that will tide you over just in case there's a difficult time. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just a thought, Melody. Preppers, you have to keep an open mind if you're going to face a survival situation. But here's where my point goes on this. They begin this article by talking about the crippling socialist policies. 
And we sit here, and the average person can sit back, wow, thank God we don't have socialism in this country, because we wouldn't get, because we're not going to get what they have in Venezuela. Yeah, we have socialism in this country. 70% of the government's checks are, according to one source, they are written to as entitlements. They are taking money from productive elements of society and giving money to people who do not produce. And they have a bunch of justifications, but regardless, when you rob the rich and give it to the poor, we're talking socialism. But more than that, we're talking central planning. You know, when we talk about it, we can look at this and we can see that this the problem in Venezuela. They've had a leftist government that is at least socialist, maybe communist. It's led the country into a disaster. We can bet the same thing. It's the same thing that happened to the former Soviet Union. Communism is stupid. Socialism is stupid. Right? It's tempting. They have these, these great ideas. You know, we're all going to share. But it doesn't work that way in real life. Right? The people who want to share don't have anything. And the people who are capable of making something and producing something and therefore have something to share, they don't want to share. Right? And you can't get by without them. You have to start honoring your producers more so than your consumers. And we have a consumer. We have had a consumer-based economy. We are going to have a producer-based economy at some point in the future. We're going to see a shift in mindset where people are going to begin, whether you like them or not, you're going to honor the robber barons. If that's what it comes to, it's still going to sit back and say, ooh, look, a robber baron. He's making it. But my point is that the crippling socialist policies are a result of central planning. Right? This is the essential feature of a communist, socialist, or even a democratic government. It's the idea that the people in the Federal Reserve and the people in the Capitol in the White House, in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, they're just so smart that they can manage the economy. They're as stupid as the leftists in Venezuela who have very nearly destroyed that country. And if we are going to allow central planners, call them conservatives, call them liberals, call them uh, socialists, communists, fascists, call them whatever you want, but if you are going to allow the central planners to run your economy rather than the free market, you're headed for a moment comparable to what we've seen in Venezuela where people are killing their own pets, cats and dogs, pigeons, anything they can find. They'll be eating rats down there. If they're not already, they will be. All right? You can go there. You can expect to arrive at that condition in so far as you support the central planners in Washington, D.C. They're not as smart as the free market. Their argument is that the free market is unstable. We have peaks. We have valleys. goes up and down the right. It's volatile. It's risky. But it's nowhere near as risky, even though we have these ups and downs. And they are exhilarating when we go up, and they are devastating when we go down. They're nowhere near as bad as what we'll see in the event of a real economic collapse. And like fiat currency, central planners will take us to that inevitable collapse. 
They're always figuring we can just wait, tighten the screws just a little bit more, just a little bit more, and inevitably they tighten them too much and the whole thing blows up. None of us are smart enough to be a central planner. And all of us, in my opinion, need to understand that reality in order to prevent handing the reins of power over to people say, oh, I'm smart, I have a PhD, I, I'm a central planner. You're an arrogant fool. You don't have brains enough to run the economy. And you folks can't point to anybody in how many years. When was the last time we had anybody who had brains enough to run the economy? Greenspan? To some degree, seemed to, but he had brains enough to get out before the whole thing blew up. Burnett, um, uh, uh, I can't even think of, I want to say Bernard, and I'm... Bernanke? Uh, Bernanke, yeah. He thought he had brains enough to run the economy, and he said, oh, I'm out of here. Janet Yellen, she thinks it's all just sliding down and down and down, and the central planners are pushing it down because they refuse to turn over the reins of power to the free market. In the end, we would be better having our ups and downs than we would having a central planning, a system based on central planning. But in the end, when we find, yeah, we've avoided some, we've avoided some ups and downs, that's true. But when we get to the end of the central planner's road, you're going to be looking for pigeons to eat. They call them roof rats in the major cities. Um, you'll be eating the roof rats, you'll be eating the sewer rats. And you'll get there because you're following central planners. What do you think, Melody? Do you have well, any central planners that you're particularly in favor of or opposed to? Well, what's interesting about this, and you touched on it briefly, but if, if people in Venezuela, and, and there for a while they were living the good life. They thought uh, so. They thought so. But what did they do to protect what they had? Nothing. This is why they're in the streets looking uh, for anything that they can get to eat. So that's the whole key about... Being prepared. They didn't know something was coming. They thought it would last forever. They didn't think it was probably going to be as bad as it was. Nobody imagined that Nobody this could imagined. happen. What did happen? They're an oil-producing country. And they had been, and the leftist government said, we'll just pump the wealth out of the ground. And we'll share it with the people. We can live large. And Nobody for a while they the did. Price. Yeah, for a while, for a while they did. They That's did. right. The government, the government, the politic, you know, the the the, the, the presidents and so forth. They all, they got wealthier, more powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, they were working fine with China. I mean, the point that I wanted to make was it's all being about prepared. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to gamble in the, if you want to gamble your hard earned money in the paper markets, that's your choice. But at least insure it. So when it does hit the fan. You have something to fall back on, and that's why you buy gold and silver. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. And someone just sent me an email, and uh, it's about a highly read person. He writes a lot of articles, and I know a lot of people follow him, and I've just kind of ignored them because it was just I really wasn't sure what their deal was, and I wasn't going to sign up for the newsletter or for his, you know, daily four times a day little, you know, hey, I'm here. And he, he wanted to know if it was a good deal or not. And I really started reading through it because I'm kind of interested. And, like, they, they start out, Al, all the reasons you need to buy gold. 
And then they're trying to sell you penny stocks. Yeah. And it's like penny stocks, I mean, how risky do you want to get? It might work for some. If you have some disposable income that you can actually afford to lose, it could be fun to play. You can gamble. Gamble. But why would you? And this is what it turns out to be. And and this whole thing starts talking about how they invested a a million-dollar secret gold project. If it was secret, why would they be sending you an email trying to gather your business and tell you about the million-dollar secret gold project? You know, there was other parts of this uh, mailer where it talked about, um, oh, he just uh, sent a, a bunch of gold to this little place in Maryland for storage or something. And then he has a picture of the building where, where the gold is being stored. And it's like, well, all you have to do is do reverse Google and you can get the, the, the address of the building. And if it was so secret, if I was sending, you know, 100 grand of gold someplace to why would I share that information with everyone? Yeah, I understand. So, folks, Don't tell anyone. The, yeah. I've got a billion dollars squirreled away in my closet, but just between you and me. Don't say anything to anyone else. But they talk about, oh, the price of 10,000 gold. They talk about all the problems this country is having. They talk about everything that we talk about on this program. Huh? But then when you read through and read between the lines, folks. It's just bait. What they're talking about all is bait. just bait. Right, they understand, you know, it's like going fly fishing. What you do is you try to figure out what the what the fish are hitting on. There'll be a particular kind of insect that's hitting the water. All right, it might be mayflies, it might be who knows what. But you look and you try to find out what they're hitting on today, and then you try to get a fly out of your out of your bait out of your tackle kit that looks most like mayflies or whatever they're hitting today. All right. Then you put that out there, and they'll hit it. You got another one, they won't bother with it. They're only looking for whatever's rolling, you know, whatever. Well, this is the same thing. They know what people are hitting on right now, like trout. We're hitting on mayflies, and the mayfly of the day is stories about, oh, you know, doom, gloom, the economy's going to collapse, blah, blah, blah. We talk about it ourselves. But it's not mayflies for us. We're talking about it because it's true. These guys are just saying they're biting on mayflies. Sell them mayflies and then move them over into some penny stocks. Get your attention with mayflies and move into penny stocks. He said, first my publisher and I just staked a total of $1 million on a new project to help you profit from this rare gold window. Oh, what a bunch of crap. (laughs) If I had a million dollars, you think I'm going to spend that million dollars helping everybody else to profit from this thing? If I knew I had some rare investment opportunity... I would sit back, throw my million dollars into it, and keep the profits for myself, and so would 99% of the rest of the people in this country. These guys aren't spending a million bucks to help the great unwashed. That sounds, that's the kind of thing that the government comes up, we're here to help you. No, they're not. They're here to help themselves. And these, are, and these are the same guys who tell you not to buy a $20 gold piece. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have issues with. All right, we will discuss our issues more when we return from another commercial break. And Melody and I will be right back on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned.
have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's dot thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. What's next, Melody? Again, I just want to remind the listeners that we have the special going on, $750, $28 face value, 90% quarters or dimes, and of course, uh, um, the AU $5 Liberty Gold piece, $750, includes all your shipping costs. That was yesterday's price before gold is up 10 bucks and silver up $0.15. Cents. So, I mean, those are significant gains on the day, and uh, so it's one heck of a special for you listeners out there. Here's a little article from 24-Hour Gold, and the headline is Moen to Raise Gold Standard at Libertarian Party Convention. Tim Moen is the Canadian Libertarian Party's leader, at least for the moment. According to Mr. Moen, Canada's recent decision to get off, to sell its gold off is troubling. Um, internationally, there is much uncertainty out there. For example, we, he, this is Moen speaking, says, we don't know what will happen if the U.S. dollar collapses due to fiscal and monetary mismanagement. Well, neither do we, Mr. Moen. We live down here. We don't know what's going to happen exactly either. But it's interesting that we have Canadian, Libertarian Party, He's saying, we don't know what's going to happen. And he recognizes their dependence and reliance on the fiat dollar. And they also recognize that the dollar is not hitting on all eight cylinders. They understand that the dollar is at least fragile. 
Whether it's going to collapse or not remains to be seen, but it will inevitably, just because it's a fiat currency, and they all collapse sooner or later. The question is when. When's the dollar going to ex- when will the dollar expire? And when it does, what will be there to replace it? Mr. Moen says recent economic developments have made sound money an increasingly important topic. He says he'll be bringing up that subject at the upcoming Libertarian uh, National Convention. The gold standard is certainly one option. Another approach would be allow the market to develop a variety of currencies backed by, say, gold, silver, or possibly Bitcoin, or other variants. Such a system would be far more stable because if one leg broke, it would not bring down the entire system. There's a certain there's a certain wisdom in that. If they had a variety of currencies, particularly a variety of currencies that were competing, now it would cause confusion and there would be some problems and there'd be opportunity for fraud and whatever. Then uh, there probably is. Anytime you're talking about money, there's always there will always be people who are looking for an angle on how to get the maximum amount of money and retire to the islands. You know, they're around. It's probably something that's built into human genetics to some degree. Um, but take a look, the idea of gold. In 2010, Libya's president, Muammar Gaddafi, tried to establish a gold-based currency for the all of Africa. In 2011, the powers that be invaded Libya, destroyed Libya, and murdered Gaddafi. More recently, people are speculating that China may soon establish a gold-based currency. All right? A lot of talk about China doing that. Some speculate that the Muslim nations of the Middle East may follow Sharia law and reestablish a gold-based currency. Now we hear from Canada's Libertarian Party that they're proposing to restore a gold-based currency to protect Canada against the collapse of the U.S. dollar. Is a gold-based currency, is it an idea whose time has come? And I think... There's evidence to say, yeah, we're seeing sign of it, you know, whether they're real rumor, just rumors, maybe. Canada, they're not going to have a gold-based currency anytime soon, but they're talking about some of them, right? China, maybe, right? Sharia law, maybe. And part of my point is, most people who believe that if, they, that if there's going to be a gold-based currency, it will originate in China. However, given the interest in gold-based currency, given that it's spreading around the world, we might wind up. We might wake up one day to learn that some Muslim nation, or maybe even Canada, has reestablished a gold-based currency. The next gold-based currency could spring up from anywhere at any time. You know, we we focus, we put the blinders on, and we look at only a one or two possible sources for gold-based currency. But the truth is, every country on Earth has to be looking at the go- The government of every country on Earth has to be looking at the U.S. dollar and saying, uh-uh-uh, tisk, tisk. It's in great, it's fragile. It's in great jeopardy. Fiat currencies always collapse. We've lost 95, 97% of the value in the last, since 1941. Doesn't take a lot of brains to say you're going to lose the remaining three to five percent, and probably not so long from now. And when that happens, how do you protect yourself? Canada's talking. Some people in Canada. 
are talking about going back to a gold-based currency to protect themselves against the dollar collapse. Uh, Qaddafi was, to some degree, creating a gold-based currency or trying to create a gold-based currency for Africa in order to protect them against a U.S. dollar failure. Sharia law may be doing the same thing. The, this tells us how are you, ladies and gentlemen, how are you preparing to protect yourself against a possible collapse of the fiat dollar? And they all go down sooner or later. All the fiat currencies fold up. They all become worthless. They all expire in hyperinflation. It's going to happen. Only question is when. Don't know when. Maybe later this year. Maybe not for another several years. I don't know. But are you preparing to protect yourself? And I'm just saying, we say it on the program on a regular basis, you should be. Something you should be thinking about. You know, it's like having a life preserver on your boat. Maybe you're not going to need it, right? But there should be one on the boat for everybody who's in the boat. If you have a family of four, then you have to figure out maybe you need four life preservers. Right? Enough to keep you afloat in the event something happens to your boat. It's kind of insurance policy. Gold and silver will fill that. Um, why can these, these gold-based currencies spring up any place? Again, because anyone who looks at the world's monetary system for long realizes that the fiat dollar is, one, the cornerstone for the global economic system, and two, it's dying and destined to fall. Recognizing that the dollar must fail, other nations are beginning to consider going back to a gold-based currency. They're thinking about it. They're talking about it. And I think anybody who looks at this, they understand we're not going to say it now. We're not going to promise that we're going to go back to gold-based right now. But people in positions of power are probably looking at this and saying, you know, when the dollar goes, probably the only thing that's going to work is gold. Now, I know the people in positions of real power, at least the powers that be in our country, is, oh, no, fiat currency will be here forever. You don't have to worry about fiat dollars, and you don't have to worry about whatever currency replaces it. And you certainly don't need any gold or silver. Whatever, get that idea out of your head. That's what the powers that be would have you believe. But I'm looking at it, I'm saying I think the powers are wrong. I think they're lying. I think they're deceptive. At, at minimum, they are mistaken. The dollar's going to die. Don't know when, but soon. Virtually everyone listening to this program will live long enough to see the dollar die. What follows? You know, it's not, I don't sit here and talk about gold, uh, again, just to promote the fact that there's a yellow metal out there that's very pretty and uh, you should have some. I talk about gold because I understand the fiat dollar is going to die. And when it does, at minimum, the price of gold is going to go up dramatically. That's the minimum, right? And it may even be that the gold becomes the next form of money that people adopt in this country, in the world, or it remains to be seen. I won't bet that's absolutely true, but it could be true. Price definitely going up. And my point, I'm not talking about gold because it's shiny and yellow. I'm talking about gold because it is the logical next money. If the dollar dies, then everything tells me the dollar is going to die, although I don't know when. Again, I don't buy gold because it's shiny and metallic. I buy gold because it's going to be the insurance policy against the collapse of the fiat dollar. 
So is a gold-based currency an idea whose time has just about come? I think the answer is yes. What do you think, Melody? Well, I think it, it will be all about gold. We just don't know how much and uh, um, and when. But it will be about gold. It, it, it can't even be Bitcoin because what is Bitcoin? It, it, it's a fiat. It's yeah, a fiat computer currency. I understand. So they, they, they can't use Bitcoin. And so the reason they don't want people to own gold and silver is because then they can't get your money because they don't know what you have. Mm-hmm. And people, people forget about the privacy also of what gold provides. There's no debt against it. And uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, the old standing example for years and years and years and years was, you know, a man's business suit from the 30s, 20s, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, could be purchased with a gold coin. The same thing stands true today. It has protected people's purchasing power over a very long period of time, and it will do so again. And I think that time is not that far away. Another article here from uh, shtfplan.com. Bombshell report. Crooked Hillary took $100 million from Middle East regimes. Massive conflict of interest. That's the headline. A bombshell report from the Daily Caller says the Clinton Foundation, a purported not-for-profit charity headed by Bill Hillary and daughter Chelsea, Chelsea, have reportedly amassed a fortune from oil-rich Middle East nations to the tune of $100 million. National security analyst Patrick Poole said the amount in cash of cash donated to the Clintons is simply unprecedented. These Middle East regimes are buying access. You've got the Saudis, you've got the Kuwaitis, Oman, Qatar, and the United Arab Emirates. These are massive conflicts of interest. It's beyond comprehension. Daily Caller News Foundation investigation again reveals that Bill and Hillary Clinton received at least $100 million from autocratic Persian Gulf states and their leaders potentially undermine Democratic presidential candidate Hillary's claim that she can carry out independent Middle East policies. The whole idea is that, look, if somebody's there arguing, if somebody's given Hillary $100 million, Hillary and Bill and Chelsea, Hillary is going to be more susceptible to whatever claims these people make in terms of what they think policy should be in the Middle East. And if it's true that Hillary's issue has been influenced by the $100 billion, and it's absurd to argue that she's not, all right? She's going to say she can take that money and it doesn't affect her judgment. Oh, bunk. All right? You know, that's like a prostitute saying she can take the money and she just sleeps with a guy, but it's it's not prostitution. Two separate things. The money and the sex, two separate things, you know? The money because he likes her and the sex because she likes him. Bunk. It's sex for money. It's the same thing going on here. And what we're going to see is this is just another one of those stories where Hillary is being exposed. Um, What's the conclusion on this article? He says, love him or hate him. Donald Trump's crooked Hillary label sums up her personality precisely. All right. Trump has taken a call on Hillary, crooked Hillary, and I think that label will 
fit. Talked about it a little bit yesterday. One of the people who was an agent for Trump uh, in the political campaign, she was being interviewed, and she said Hillary's never been vetted, meaning they've never really dug into her background. And the interviewer said, oh, we've looked at everything. He said, oh, you haven't. You haven't really looked at it in depth. In depth. All right. And the implication is that Hiller, or that Donald is intending to throw all the dirty linen out on Hillary and Bill and their foundation and their money, and he's going to show you who Hillary really is, and we're going to bet that Hillary won't like it in the least and it won't do her any good in this election. I'm not arguing that, Hill, that, that Trump is a saint. Uh, we may live to regret electing that guy, but we've, you can have Trump or you can have someone who's clearly engaged in criminal activity. We're out of time for the week, out of time for Friday, out of time for today. We'll be back on Monday. Hope you'll tune in at that time. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Have a good weekend. May the good Lord bless you and me and Melody and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storm, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dried guy to Today at freeze dry guy at landset.com. That's freeze dry guy at l a n s e t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333 and let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Whether using your
your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. makes deep sea salt from France so different. Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men will test today but only three only three will win the green beret yep that's the way it was 100 men will test today only three win the green beret when they allowed me to enlist the requirement was you're supposed to be a sergeant on your second tour I wasn't anything except raw, wet behind the ears. But the recruiter thought, since I'd aced the uh, aptitude test, say, here's a smart boy, and uh, we'll put this boy in the airborne infantry. So they enlisted me in special forces with the idea that the first test that I failed, I would go into the airborne infantry. And, of course, 
God, they didn't know that. I really didn't know it for a while, but God put me on this earth to be in special forces. I would have been in prison uh, otherwise. In special forces, uh, I was allowed to lead men on daring missions. Uh, We didn't have any rules. A uh, lieutenant general called me a young bandit one day, and this is in combat. He said, you young bandit, you special forces think you can just kill anybody. He says, haven't you ever read the MACV rules of engagement? I didn't want to look surprised, but I didn't much care in those days when my life was on the line. And I said, uh, General O'Connor, I have never heard of the MACV rules of engagement. And he just looked disgusted. He looked toward the four-star general that was actually my daddy rabbit. He said, you see, he says, you can't open fire until you are receiving effective automatic weapons fire. Now, do you understand that? And see, to me, that was absolute stupidity. We had a French house meaning it was not made like a mud hut with a thatched roof like most of the houses in Vietnam. This was made uh, with wood and uh, had windows and floors. So we call it a French house. And it was the home in Four Corps, which was down the southern parts of Vietnam, for the commanding general of the communist artillery. So the one general in charge of all the indirect fire was there visiting his parents. And our U-2s had spotted 30 guards in the little wood line that surrounded the French house. It was just a little thin wood line, like you were to plant picket fence, that went around the house, and there were 30 armed guards, all of them with submachine guns. And then out Uh, Around between two and five miles, uh, there were battalions and regiments of Viet Cong and North Vietnamese Army who were securing uh, their general from any kind of encirclement or any kind of raid by uh, conventional forces. And you can see that about 100 meters uh, from the house, there was this little uh, rabbit hole which actually was a bomb shelter. So it was obvious to me the general was inside the house with his parents and that the first sign of trouble, he would scurry because there was a creek bank that ran along there too. He would scurry along this creek bank and wood line uh, covered by 30 armed guards and he would uh, go into this rabbit hole until the airstrike uh, was over And then he would emerge and uh, go back in the house. So my plan was, since my mission was to capture him, my plan was to put a FAC, a forward air controller, as high in the sky as he could see us and breathe. This meant about 15,000 feet. You couldn't see nor hear him uh, as a little O-1 uh, mosquito, 
And yet we had good communication with him. He could use his binoculars, and he could see the target uh, from miles over the horizon, and he could see us, and he could guide us precisely without following any particular terrain. And we could uh, have our skids right in the rice and leaping over the little tree lines, and he would guide us directly to the house. Now, my lead ship, which I would be on, was going to land hard right on the roof of the house. And uh, this would have crashed through the roof. It might have disabled the helicopter, but we would be shooting at the 30 armed guards from within the target. And uh, a number of us, there would have been eight aboard the bird. Uh, while uh, four was concentrating on giving fire to the 32 guards, the other four would go down into the uh, home, arrest uh, the general. If our copter was still working, then uh, we would get aboard and try to fly out. If it wasn't, uh, then we would either have to, if we were permanently crashed, we would have to make our way to the bomb shelter. Or if the general just happened to be at the bomb shelter when we crashed through the roof, uh, that team uh, would take him and capture him and take off and uh, leave us to our fate. Well, that's where uh, General O'Connor said, you can't do this. He said, you're violating the MACV rules of engagement. And uh, it showed me something that rules are rules for general application, but there's uh, many reasons for rules to be broken. If you wanted to capture a general-grade officer, a commander of all artillery uh, of the communists, you are going to have to use some pretty drastic uh, and things that he would never think of. And it meant blasting, opening fire, crashing the helicopter through the roof. And uh, you couldn't creep up on him. He had all kinds of screening units. And so this wasn't against the MACV rules of engagement. So I said, no, I haven't read them. <laughs> I don't want to read them. I don't have any rules. People did not want me to tell them. That's the problem. When they used to get what we call briefbacks, where I would tell them how I was going to execute the mission, oftentimes I've had four-star generals that would say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Bo, when it got pretty close uh, to violating the rules of land warfare, and he would say, uh, we're really not interested uh, in how you do it, just that you have everything you need and that you do it. Now, see what got me into the fight with General O'Connor uh, that day was that I needed two O-1 radio relay aircraft. The O-1 can loiter for four hours, but I figured it was going to take us about four hours to get down to four core uh, approaching this target, and people have to go to the bathroom. So I needed an extra that could go aloft and relieve. And O'Connor said, we just don't have the assets to give you. So when I went in and told uh, General Wyatt, four-star general, I said, sir, I 
I can't accomplish this mission. I need two 01Es. And so he just looked at O'Connor and said, General, give him two 10Es. And see, that's when it was settled. But O'Connor got mad and called me a young bandit and that I we didn't follow the rules. And, but uh, we got the job done. Now, uh, today is Friday. I wanted to start you off by reading something that I've held off reading most of the week because, uh, uh, one, it's it's not uh, uplifting, and it is actually in place right now. It is in place in America, but it hasn't happened yet. And I've talked to you the past two days about paradigms. Now, let me explain if it's all right, and please don't take offense if you know well what I'm talking about. If you do, you know well that there's a lot of people that don't quite understand a paradigm. A paradigm is a a generic term. It's P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M, paradigm. Now, it has to do with scientific measuring of anything. This is kind of what's uh, hard to imagine about it. Let me give you an example. As a cultural anthropologist, I can say accurately that we have reached a paradigm. Now, a paradigm is something of like force. When we have reached the paradigm, it means that while there is still time before what the paradigm is has happened, uh, it also means that there is, by the time the paradigm is reached, no way that it can be reversed. So as a cultural anthropologist, I tell you, we don't measure things by religion. We measure things by race. And uh, most recently in the 2010 census, I have told you that every region has had a sharp increase in Hispanic Residents. Well, the thing that isn't mentioned is how many uh, Jewish people, for example, moved in or moved out. I can tell you uh, the total because this is a statistic, what the percentage is that is moved in and moved out. And uh, I can tell you uh, by nationality, but they don't measure anything in uh, religious terms. And so what I can tell you as a cultural anthropologist, and you may say, Bo, uh, you, you can't be everything. Well, I studied cultural, and this is at a graduate level, cultural anthropology at the University of Kansas, the Jayhawkers, and that's why I'm kind of sad to say that the head of that church in Wichita, Kansas, that goes around and protests at GI funerals, wears a Jayhawker jacket. And it sort of gets my ire up. 
because I had been a Jayhawker. And I measured in cultural anthropology because that's what special forces actually are. We are cultural anthropologists. We know everything there is about a foreign culture. We study the language. We know what the norms are. We know don't show your bottom of your feet or offer your left hand uh, to a Muslim. We know, uh, you know, don't make a, a V sign to a European. <laughs> he thinks you're giving him the bird. And so there are, uh, a social anthropologist knows about how to get along and survive in the areas that you are targeted for. Now, let me tell you, as a social anthropologist, in the next 50 years in America, and it will be in the next 40 years within countries of Europe, the native people, meaning in case of Spain, the Spaniards, in case of France, the Frogs, in case of Great Britain, uh, the Englishmen, in case of America, the European stock that is majority now in 50 years will be a minority. We have already watched the paradigm. It is like a dark angel crossover, and suddenly the sun is darkened, and we look up and we see this uh, apparition, and we think, oh, and if it was labeled, it would say cultural paradigm passing over. See, now, no matter what we do, and how come that is? Because the Muslim, the Islamic, and we've been studying this in Congress yesterday. Didn't get far because everybody was trying to be politically correct. But if the U.S. Census Service uh, were to measure the birth rate of Muslims, they would find it about 8 to 1. Now, this is a thriving culture. If you measure, and you have to have like 2.1 to 1 in order to survive. If you fall below like 2.3, so if you fall at 2.1 or 2, or if you're only having one, see what that means is two parents, one child. So if you only have one, are we falling behind? We are a dead race. We're a dead race 40 years because that is uh, how a generation was married and was uh, measured in the Bible, and it is how it is still measured. And so in Swiss, they are, and actually Spain is worse off than anybody, but in Spain and in France and in England, the Muslim at 8 to 1 will overtake in 40 years the native people, European people of Germany, etc., who have less than 2.5. They will overtake them, and those people will be a minority. And then you will start to see Sharia law. Now, this is a paradigm. 
And it has already happened. And right now, there's nothing we can do about it except recognize it and prepare for it. Now, you could do some things to delay it if you didn't have the night after pill where a teenager could go into any drugstore and buy it without uh, parental permission, and they gulp that down, and wow, they don't can't have a baby. And if uh, the white people would stop being convinced, and if the government would stop allowing uh, gross abortions, we got over 50 million Americans, mainly white, that are not allowed to live. So they're murdered, and our land is soaked in their innocent blood. Well, if we were uh, to... A B, through all of our newspapers and our television, uh, D, convinced, well, a woman has a right to a career, and maybe it isn't right to have children right now. So you get rid of these children you have right now, and then later on you have children. Right. Well, the paradigm has passed us by. In 50 years... White people will be a minority in America. If you are a minority, and in Europe, if you are a minority, you do not make the law. And so you'll get a chance to see what it's like to live under Sharia law. Now, another paradigm. See, and here's one thing. Uh, people mostly think uh, in two or three dimensions. I, I won't go into long lessons now, but I'm running out of time. But a special forces operator will think in as many dimensions as he might imagine. Now, what is a dimension? Well, we have a one dimension. Everybody knows about that. We have two dimension. Uh, length and width, everybody knows about that. We have three dimension, length, width, depth, everybody knows about that. Do we have a fourth dimension? Well, of course. The fourth dimension starts to multiply when you consider energy waves, vibrations. We have television. Is that a dimension? We can't see the wave, but it's there. And it puts on a tube, uh, things that we watch every day. And radio, you can't see the waves, but somehow they're coming into your receiver. There's a fifth dimension for you. We may not be able to see God, but he is there. His hand is out. He is knocking. All we need to do is open. But if you can't imagine these dimensions, then how can you plan to use them? Point is that there is another paradigm that is crossed, or I should say crossing. It is a weather paradigm. Now, we have laughed and poked fun at Al Gore. Al Gore has gotten a Nobel Prize. Al Gore has gotten an Emmy for a song. Al Gore uh, has uh, gotten an award uh, for television. 
Al Gore is a heavily decorated person. He claims to have invented the Internet, and there's where we joke at him a little bit, because I don't think Al Gore invented the Internet, but it's nice to say he did. Al Gore said that uh, there was a climate climate change uh, headed to the world. The climate change was going to get warmer, and uh, the world would respond. Well, you know something? We laughed and scoffed and pointed how cold winters were and this kind of thing. Now, the truth is, while we may not like Al Gore, I mean, he beat Minnie Me Bush in the 2000 presidential election, but according to the Supreme Court, I will let Florida decide. And so he lost. He won the popular vote. He lost the electoral vote. So Al Gore had the election stolen from him. Al Gore was telling the truth. A paradigm doesn't happen like the snap of a fingers. You know about a paradigm when it's over. <laughs> Now, let me give you an example. Uh, at 2.46 no, p.m. today, which has now been, you're going to see this today is tomorrow in Japan. <laughs> the sun is just now coming up in Japan, and uh, so they're a day ahead of us. And so 2.46 p.m. their Friday, Japan had an earthquake that registered stronger than any earthquake that has hit the earth in a hundred years. It was the fifth strongest earthquake ever recorded. It was a, if you look at the Richter scale of zero to 10, it was a nine. And uh, it was pretty ferocious. There were 30 aftershocks following the earthquake. Now, you know in Japan, a lot of stuff is made out of uh, straw and uh, rice paper, and so fire uh, is something that uh, ravages the whole city, and fire has broken out in 80 locations in Japan. Now, the tsunami this was an explosion that was about uh, 260 miles from uh, Tokyo. But the ocean explosion caused a tsunami that has swept over a large part of Japan. And there are more than, uh, than they figure it'll probably be 1,000. But right now they've got 351 bodies. 750 are injured and over 500 are missing. They figure they'll be added to the death count. 70,000 have been evacuated. 1,800 homes have been destroyed. They got 4 million with no power. This is a sign of a paradigm. We're going to see more and more and more of this. And this is Al Gore's You Better Watch Out. 
the weather's changing. We'll talk a lot more about this, obviously, for a long time. So you stay where you are. When you come back, you may want to have something to write with. Freedom is calling you on American Voice Radio. your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. 
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. to American Voice and Freedom Call. I'm your host. My name is Bo Greitz. And we're talking about paradigms. And we're talking about, uh, and always do this. Uh, I'm a martial artist. As a matter of fact, uh, I will teach uh, karate in Sandy Valley uh, to about 30 students uh, tonight. And... Uh, when I teach them, I do it slowly, gently, easily. You just can't give them a shot or a pill, and all of a sudden they're uh, Jet Lee or one of these uh, martial artists that's in the movies. <clears throat> it takes time. and But what I do is I teach them that uh, we always pay as much attention to our left as we do our right to a martial artist there is no right there is no left you're equally able to utilize both this is known as to be ambidextrous and you may say oh gosh Bo that's really hard no it isn't you study martial art and you get it sort of a way of life and the next thing you know, you might as well reach out or throw a ball or toss somebody something. You'll hit the trash can just as many times uh, shooting the toilet paper uh, with the left hand as you will the right. Well, paradigms are the same way, and they're like enemies. And so I say that uh, in our martial art, we always make a defense, which is followed up by a counterattack which we are then ready for the next threat. And we could have any number of threats. We always simply apply a priority, and if we do it correctly, then our priorities will be defeated one at a time all around us until finally there are no uh, more threats. Well, these paradigms uh, do not come in just ones. If they came in just ones, we could possibly deal with them a little better. But the paradigm of white people being a minority is an anthropological paradigm. You can have a paradigm of any description. But remember what a paradigm is. It is something that has common dimensions common purposes, and it involves a major movement. And once the paradigm is formed, and once the paradigm is interacting with you, then you can jump up and down, scream and holler, you can yell at God, uh, you can uh, do anything that you want, burn a candle in the Catholic Church, and the paradigm 
doesn't go away. It is going to continue. It's, it is uh, of such greatness that there's no, nothing for you to do about it other than try and your best to survive and try to make it as short as you can. And I think that's what Christ means uh, when a man yesterday said, Bo, what do you believe about the rapture? And I said, I believe what God has said in his book. I believe that we are going to have to endure. God says that if not even the elect could endure unless the time, this paradigm, is shortened. But for the elect, it is shortened. And so uh, my friend's comment was, so we will never go through the, the tribulation. And I said, no, he didn't say that. Uh, maybe not to the end. He said it will be shortened. So we're not to lay in the dying cockroach. Then he asked me a question. Well, what about uh, being caught up uh, to be with Christ uh, in the clouds uh, in the air? And I said, well, do you think that how many times is Christ coming? Is Christ coming Uh, so that we see him, and like the movie has been made, suddenly uh, people, uh, pilots aren't in the seat anymore, drivers aren't there, mothers are gone, there's no more kindergarten, Uh, you know, people just start going up in the air. I said, how high do we have to go? How do we know what we're doing? And then I looked over and I said, you know, I have a seal, a great seal of the United States. I said, I want you to look at it. You see above the eagle's head, there are 13 stars. Now, you see around the 13 stars these little uh, segments. They look like puffs. I said, what they are are clouds. Now, why do you suppose they'd put clouds around the 13 stars on the a seal of the United States. Because those 13 stars stand for the original 13 colonies, and it stands, the clouds have always been symptomatic of God's glory. Clouds, glory, clouds of glory. That is what we are being caught up in with Christ is his glory. That is why the scripture says, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. That means Christ brings with him all of those from the time of Adam to the last who have died in the first resurrection when he comes to claim the earth. Now, those of us who have been left on the earth, we have gone through all of the things that have been listed as planned for the earth. Christ says it'll be a time of Noah. Uh, It will be a time of Lot. Uh, It is not going to be a good time. He says not even the elect would be able to endure. But For the elect, the time is shortened. 
so that we can just endure. Well, and it also says there in Thessalonians, they say, well, what about, Bo, it says we're going to be caught up uh, to be with Christ in the air. Well, the Greek word which the New Testament was written in, the word, the original word was eros, which is translated to the air we breathe. You get up to 15,000 feet, there isn't any air anymore. Most of the Earth's atmosphere is below 15,000 feet. So does that mean we're going to get up there to, let's say, 10,000 feet and we're going to hover? We're going to have to hang up there until what? It doesn't make any sense. But if we are to be with Christ in his glory, in the air, that means while not while he's in heaven. You see, that's another dimension that we can't see away. It means in the air, here. He's going to be here with us. And he's going to be filled with glory, the clouds of glory. And we are going to be changed just like those that are coming with him into celestial bodies. We're going to look better than we've ever looked. That is a paradigm. We are caught in this paradigm. This paradigm, I believe, is now beginning. Let me read you something that I believe is part of the paradigm and this is what Obama intends to do. I read you yesterday that you're going to have to pay a 3.5% in a, a income tax if you sell your house in 2012. By 2013, we will be paying, if you sell your house for $100,000, you'll owe the government 3500 Now, listen to this. This is in... Ontario, which is Canada, our neighbor up here to the north. It is 2011, and this is reported in LifeSite News. One-year-old Joseph Marachel, M-A-R-A-A-C-H-L-I, Marcelli, yeah, of Windsor, Colorado, will have his life support removed Monday at 10 a.m. after the Ontario Superior Court today rejected an appeal by the parents to bring him home where he can die under their care. Now, does this sound like this little girl? Does, doesn't it? Terry Shivo. They, the parents, they just wanted her to come home so that they could take care of her. This little boy just wants, his parents want him to come home, let him, let them take care of him, let him die at home. Uh-uh. A leading anti-euthanasia advocate. Euthanasia means you're going to kill old and uh, others who are determined uh, not to be worthy of life any longer. Says the decision facilitates a system where doctors are authorized to force life and death decisions on parents. Warning, that is, in fact, far worse 
than the death panels recently debated in the United States as part of the federal health care law. Monday at 10 a.m., they will kill my baby. Joseph's father told the news shortly after the ruling. There's no more humanity. There's no more chance. See, this is a paradigm that's reached, isn't it? I've tried everything for him. No more appeals. Nothing. I've asked them, why not send him to Windsor and let him die at home? They said, they will give him an injection, but I don't want to. I asked God, and maybe he breathed, he added. Joseph was taken to Victoria Hospital in London, Ontario, in October, where he was diagnosed with severe neurological issues. Doctors gave him no chance of recovery. Mo and his wife, Sana, have asked doctors to perform a tracheotomy so that uh, he could uh, take Joseph home, but the doctors refused, saying the procedure is too risky. Now, they're going to kill him, but the procedure, cutting the boy's uh, throat, his windpipe, so he can breathe uh, without a respirator, doesn't sound uh, so risky to me. We're taught how to do it as an emergency procedure. Anyway, the Marcelli's daughter died from a similar complication eight years ago. But in that case, doctors performed a tracheotomy, and she was able to die at home. Joseph's parents want the same for him. But the Consent and Capacity Board of Ontario sided with the hospital, and a date for removing Joseph's respirator was set. The family was able to hold it off by filing an appeal with the Superior Court. Today, the Superior Court Justice Alan Rady also sided with the hospital, saying Joseph is in a permanent vegetative state with no brain stem reflex. She called it a sad and difficult case, according to the London Free Press, and ordered the hospital to allow the parents until Monday, 10 a.m., to afford the family adequate time to say their goodbyes. Alex Schadenberg, executive director of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition, who has been communicating with the parents, emphasized that they aren't pushing for extraordinary treatment, just asking to care for their dying child at home. They're arguing that the best way to do that is by doing a tracheotomy so the child can somewhat breathe on his own and care for him while he's dying. It is that they want to, to simply say, we have control, he asked. If it's about their control, then we're in serious trouble. They now control when someone lives and someone dies, and who makes these decisions and how these decisions are made. Schellenberg said the court appears to be saying that the hospitals and doctors make the decisions for patients whether they like it or not. It's worse than the death panel concept that's being treat, 
being debated in the United States. It really is. It's much worse, he said. They're saying we will decide. They're not even going to converse with you. We have the weight of the court. We have the financial bearing of a massive government institution to be able to force this on you. That has serious repercussions because you simply cannot trust the moral authority of the health care institution or the doctors, he added. It's the hospitals. It's the doctors, once again, usurping their power over the people. That's what's happening. And they have significant power that they have the money and they have the courts behind them. It's absolutely ridiculous. John Hughes, national president of Campaign Life Coalition, Canada's leading pro-life organization, called the situation appalling. I don't understand it. Do doctors' rights now trump parental rights? And what about the right of the child to die in the loving arms of his parents at home? Well, friends, <laughs> I was at Pinellas Park. I saw that they were going to kill little Terry Shivo. Her parents were crying and saying, give her to us. Let us take her home. Let us care for her. It's no cost to you. It's easy. easy. Let us have her. Who made up the decision? A judge, Judge George Greer, a probate judge, a weenie judge, decided over the President of the United States, U.S. Congress. He decided over the governor of Florida and the governor legislature. As a matter of fact, the governor of Florida sent the state police to get the little girl, they made a mistake. They called the Pinellas Park police at the home where the girl uh, was uh, on life support systems and said, we're coming at the orders of the governor to get her and put her in a regular hospital uh, so that the regular hospital can give her the care the parents think she should have. And the Pinellas Park police said, we will resist. We have our judge, Judge George Greer. We will resist. And so the state police didn't go get her. I had to do something. I and a Catholic, a young man who had just been there as a musician to play for the Pope, John Paul II. He had a host that the pontiff had given. He had brought it back. I had a glass of water. We both knew we wouldn't make it, but we wanted God to decide. I crossed the line with the flag of the United States. It was immediately ripped from my hands, thrown to the ground. The water was batted away from me. My hands were locked behind me in handcuffs, I was taken and put into a police paddy wagon and driven to the jail. 
I thought it was God's will that would allow me to change the order of things. If I could have just had a moment with Michael Shivo, the young woman's so-called husband, she had had children with his mistress, but he still was supposed to be her husband. I would have done to him what I believe he did to her. In about two minutes, I would have rendered him brain dead. And then the parents would have been next in line. But the Hemlock Society, of which George Greer was part of, was solidly toward denying the girl her life, and it took them 11 days to starve her to death by keeping any food away and deprivation of water. I thought it was a crime. Friends, we the paradigm is already here. <laughs> it just gets better and worse, if you will, as just like a hurricane, not like a tornado. The hurricane comes over. There are dark clouds. The sea begins to move. Then you get in to the wall, and then suddenly, there's the center and there may seem to be peace and then in the opposite direction here it comes again almost to the absolute point of destruction I'm going to uh, read you something uh, well as I take a look at it uh, uh, let me forgo I, I, I'll probably only be able to make one more broadcast after I finish uh, this John Weaver speech. This John Weaver speech is so well done, and it contains so much research. It ought to be a doctoral thesis. It is about slavery in America. It is about how we are misdirected. It is literally about a plan that was put into the congressional record back in the 1950s. And I want to read it to you. And I want you to realize what the truth is. It's not that we can change the paradigm. But at least we should not be wondering. Let me give you uh, the, the statistics for today. 5,947 young Americans dead uh, for the cocaine, for the, the heroin in Afghanistan for the oil in Iraq. If there's any other reason, tell me. You've got my website, bogreitz at msn.com. But if you can't think of any other reason, is that worth having our young men in harm's way? It isn't. Do what you have to do. Do you know I wrote my senator? I wrote my senator two days ago. Do you know that last night, one day, I had a letter back? He said, I am going to suggest to do what it is that you've said 
you wanted. Get write letters. I wrote letters so that they would be 3D and they'd have to wad them up rather than sending uh, on the email. All right, the uh, total debt in the United States, which we only have until Friday week, this is Friday. Next Friday, government closes down. Fourteen trillion two hundred and twenty nine billion two hundred million and it goes up four billion a day. The uh, deficit right now, Obama is working with one point one trillion three hundred and twenty nine billion nine hundred and fifty nine thousand uh Million. I'm sorry. One billion three hundred twenty-nine. Uh, One trillion three hundred twenty-nine billion nine hundred fifty-nine million. It's a lot of numbers, isn't it? In America, we have three hundred ten thousand nine hundred sixty-nine thousand two hundred. We have three hundred ten million nine hundred sixty-nine thousand two hundred sixty-five. Almost three hundred eleven million. Now, Medicare cost us $308 billion a year. Social Security cost us $706 billion a year. The Department of Defense costs us $365 billion a year. The Social Security insurance, that's people who aren't old enough, but yet they're disabled some way, is $432 billion. Three hundred and forty million. The interest on the debt to the uh, non-federal reserve is two hundred and twenty billion four hundred thirteen million three hundred fifty thousand. The total U.S. debt, the total U.S. debt, is fifty-five trillion eight hundred forty-five billion. The interest on the total debt in America is three trillion five hundred and fifty seven billion. These numbers are so high it's hard to even think of them. What I want you to think of is 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 the paradigm finished? Are we are we dead? Well, as white people, we are a dead culture walking. Yes, in 50 years, uh, we will be a minority. So we'll no longer be a majority. Ergo, I mean, if they keep, if they keep increasing the night after pills, it may be faster than that. But that's an anthropological certainty. It's a paradigm. In the weather, uh, this something is going to do ravish us. In the government, it's a paradigm. This is something that's going to ravish us. We can make a difference in 2012, but we have got to be positive. We've got to take the gloves off. We have to think in terms of drastic measures, something like a coin worth $15 trillion, wailing of teeth as we pay off the federal debt, but again, giving America not like the millions of fish that swam the wrong way and had no oxygen and died at King Harbor at Redondo Beach. 
Let's swim the right way where it's fresh and good. And there are people. Most people don't have any idea. <laughs> but there are people who do know how to do this. We got enough of the paradigms that have already swept over us. Weather. Timing. Financial. But we can do something about some of them. It doesn't do any good to lay in the dying cockroach saying, Beam me up, Lord. I don't think that happens. All right. I'm going to leave you with American Voice Radio. I want you to think about the fourth commandment, which says, keep the Sabbath day holy. And I want you to think, what does that mean? Is the Sabbath day the last day? Well, that's the day, or tomorrow, rather, it is. Well, what is Sunday? It's the first day. Sunday is the day that we uh, say that we recognize the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, let's do that. What do we do about the Sabbath? What do you do about the feast days that are coming? Passover. Passover will come here. I'll tell you all the dates. Stay with American Voice Radio. That's an order. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Beret, silver wings upon their chest, these are men. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. show guys for Thursday as I squint to see the date although I should already know it it is the 12th day of May 2016 it is now four minutes past the two o'clock hour and again I'm out here on the west coast up here in the state of Washington in my not so cozy makeshift studio because it is warming up quite a bit and it gets a bit stuffy in here so I have my little cheap fan pointed directly at me this afternoon. Hopefully that will keep me cool, along with my uh, pitcher of ice-cold water that I will uh, often uh, go to. Okay, so what else? You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. That means you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. That's the website for this network, and there you can uh, scroll down or scroll over or look to the left or wherever that chat link tab is and click it and get into the chat room. You can ask questions, as Frank likes to say, and so forth, and I will attempt to keep up. Uh, What else? You can go to my website, conditioncriticalshow.com, and you should, because I am going to be talking about a, uh, a couple of things this afternoon, of which I have posted some blog posts, uh, last night, uh, 
Yeah, so you should check that out, conditioncriticalshow.com. When you go to conditioncriticalshow.com, just uh, click on the blog tab or whatever, and it'll take you to my blog. Keeping in mind also that if you scroll the whole way down, you will see a donate button. And as I like to say, anything would help. More importantly, uh, visit that donate link, donate button on the AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Go there, because that's more important. Click that and donate $5. I'm sure Frank would appreciate it. Uh, and so would I. Okay, so where to start off today? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't tend to have themes for my show, but today there's kind of going to be kind of a theme. And let's just call it the Ted Nugent theme, okay, because when we go into the break, there's going to be two Ted Nugent songs. And, and normally I just, I wouldn't really, you know, mention it. I would just, you know, have Frank play the music and you guys would enjoy it. But again, I have, it's a Ted Nugent theme. Uh, the first song he's going to play isn't necessarily related to what I'm going to talk about today, but I thought you guys might find it interesting because it was the, uh, it was the song, actually, that Bill Clinton uh, dedicated to Hillary at their wedding. And it's, I found it. I just stumbled across that on the Internet uh, last night, and I was very surprised. I'm like, wow, I've, I didn't know that, uh, that uh, Bill Clinton was a Ted Nugent fan. And how, how, how I mean, how touching, you know, is it that, that he donated, or not donated, he dedicated a, a Ted Nugent song to his beautiful, blossoming bride, otherwise known as Hillary Clinton. Anyway, so look forward to that going into the break. And I do have a lot to cover today, and I only have an hour to do so. So let's just start off with that. So Ted Nugent, you know, I guess, well, you know, he, according to the lefty loons out there, hold on, I'm a bit distracted. I got to pull this up. Hold on. Let me, let me get this up here. Da, 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 here it is. This one. Yeah. Apparently, uh, according to the left, Ted Nugent, and here's the headline. Let's just start from there. The headline is, NRA's Ted Nugent sparks yet another ugly controversy, and this is from uh, MSNBC. Well, so there you go, MSNBC. Again, the headline is, NRA's Ted Nugent sparks yet another ugly controversy. So I'll just start off. About four years ago, about four years ago at this time, Ted Nugent, a musician, reality show personality, and National Rifle Association board member, was doing his best to help Mitt Romney get elected. And, you know, I remember that, and he was misguided there. But, oh, well. Uh, appearing at the NRA's National Convention, Nugent said, if Barack Obama becomes the president in November, again, I will either be dead or in jail by this time next year. We need to ride into the ba- that battlefield and chop their heads off in November. Any questions? He then went on to say, it isn't the enemy that ruined America. It's good people who bent over and let the enemy in. And he's right about that. And he further went on and said, if the coyote's in your living room pissing on your couch, it's not the coyote's fault. It's your fault for not shooting him. I can't disagree with that either, Ted. Uh, let's see. And it goes on. The comments, not surprisingly, generated a uh, Secret Service investigation. I, I guess they had to do that. And it goes on now. Four years later, Nugent has a, a new target, but he appears to have learned very little. Media Matters noted this week. And here, here's the... Uh, Here it is from Media Matters. National Rifle Association board member Ted Nugent, who will deliver a speech at NRA's annual meeting this month, shared a fake video that depicts Hillary Clinton being graphically murdered by Bernie Sanders with a handgun during a presidential debate. In a May 10th post on his Facebook page, Nugent shared a video with the descriptions, Bernie Sanders destroys Hillary Clinton in debate on Vermont gun laws, and Bernie Sanders absolutely killed Hillary over this issue. And that's from Media Matters. 
Now, the article goes on. The video takes footage from a recent debate between Clinton and Sanders, but it's manipulated to show Sanders shooting Clinton in the chest, complete with animated blood spurt. Just to be clear, Nugent does not appear to have created the video, but he helped disseminate it through social media, and he endorsed it with his poorly written message. I got your gun control right here, bitch. That was a quote from Ted Nugent. I guess as some kind of a tag onto that video. All of this comes nearly nine years after Nugent, commenting on Clinton's first presidential campaign, delivered an onstage rant in which he pointed to his gun and said, Hey, Hillary, you might want to ride one of these into the sunset, you worthless bitch. Again, uh, Ted Nugent's words, not mine. I can appreciate why it's tempting to ignore Nugent's nonsense. As entertainers in the public eye go, we're talking about a guy who hasn't had a hit single since the Carter administration. So it's safe to say his cultural relevance has faded into obscurity. Now, that's kind of the, ju- the, the juxtaposition of why I'm talking about this. Because if, in, in their own words, in their own words, they're saying on one hand that uh, Ted Nugent is just an irrelevant has-been, right? But apparently he's not, right? I guess because at the other side of their mouth, you know, they're complaining about another controversy that, that he stirred up. So to me, if he's, ir- if he's irrelevant to you guys, to you lefty loons, why do you care what he has to say? Then, right? I kind of, I kind of equated or parallel it to the atheists out there. You know those atheists, those wacky, fun-loving atheists out there uh, that don't believe in God. But yet, those are the same people that want God and Jesus Christ completely, entirely removed from the public sector, from the public eye. So that begs the question also of, hey, man, you don't believe in them. So what difference does it make to you? Well, because. And I've said this before, they do believe in them. In fact, they're scared of them. And they, can, you know, and they can deny that all they want. Again, because otherwise, why would they care if, you know, the Ten Commandments were, you know, on a plaque in front of City Hall or something like that? And then getting back to Ted Nugent, if he's so irrelevant, again, in their own words, and I'll repeat those words, what's, the, what's it say here? As entertainers in the public eye go, we're talking about a guy who hasn't had a hit single since the Carter administration. And hey, that's, that's fair, actually. That's a fair statement. So it's safe to say his cultural relevance has faded into obscurity. Well, there you go. So why do they give a flying jack rip about what Ted Nugent has to say? I don't know. It just begs the question. I guess I could finish with the article. Uh, let's see here. Now, there's not much left. I'll just finish. Nugent is, however, a board member of the NRA. Now, this is important here, too. This is something that caught my eye as well. Now, follow me on this. I'll start this paragraph over. Nugent is, however, a board member of the NRA, a group of Senate Republicans, which is a group. Hold on a second. Nugent is, however, a board member of the NRA, a group Senate Republicans believe should have veto power over Supreme Court nominees. Did you hear that? Well, hey, uh, lefty loons, uh, newsflash, you believe you believe uh, that. Your what your groups like Planned Parenthood or or you know some other uh, evil you know communist socialist uh, anti-American group uh, should have veto power over Supreme Court nominees, right? I mean, uh, am I missing something here? Do they not think that Planned Parenthood they they trump them up all the time? That's like the litmus test, if you will, for a Supreme Court nominee. Do they support? Are they you know for Roe versus Wade, and will they support Planned Parenthood and blah blah blah? Well, hey man, the NRA, you know what's fair is fair, right? I'm just asking. I'm just asking, you know, because I'm just a truck driver sitting over here, <laughs> you know. It goes on, and he remains a prominent partisan activist in right wing circles. Now, I'm sorry. 
How does he remain a prominent partisan activist in right-wing circles if he's irrelevant? And again, there it is. Cultural relevance is faded into obscurity. You catch my drift? Do you see something odd about this or some hypocrisy or some, you know, maybe they didn't, you know, have somebody read this article before they, you know, posted it online? Don't you think somebody would have said, oh, hey, uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name here? Let's see who, who generated this. Steve Bennon. <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody should have went to Steve and said, uh, hey, Steve, man, you see what you're doing here? No, no. And then, and then pointed out to him, right? I mean, one would think that these people have people, okay, you know, in their, you know, sphere of influence that would say, hey, man, that you're not making any sense with that article. Well, I'll continue on with it, though, because there's really not much left. Uh, and, okay, indeed, let's not forget that in 2012, Mitt Romney actively sought and eventually earned Nugent's personal endorsement after a private discussion between the two men. It closes out this year. Nugent is a high-profile, very, once again, high-profile Trump supporter. I don't understand how he's high-profile high if he's, you know, faded off into obscurity, who also happens to be promoting videos on which Hillary Clinton is killed. At least the Secret Service knows how to reach him if agents have any questions. That's, okay, clever. There you go. That's clever. Anyway, I just thought I would share that with you. I came across, and I don't know how I came across that. Actually, I do. I was just Googling an image of Ted Nugent, and you know how you do that on Google, and all these things pop up, and, and well, it was like the first hit. And I'm like, wow, is that, is that new, old, what? Well, it's, it's new. Uh, when did this come out? Uh, let's see. The 12th, so what, what is it? Well, I don't, that's today, I guess. It's today. No, yesterday it came out, the 11th. There we go. Anyway, guys. Just thought I would share that with you this afternoon. And I do have a little bit of time left here. So let me... Now, I want to go on to something else. I, I, I want to bring up... Now, I want to go back, if you will, to... Let me find it here. Now, here is it the real story, that one. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, hold on, guys. Here it is. This is it, yeah. I want to go back to the... Uh, the uh, shooting that took place at, a, at the abortion clinic there, the baby murder clinic, and where was it? In, in Colorado Springs or in Denver? You remember that? Uh, the fellow, what's his name? Robert Lewis Deer Jr. Well, he's in the news again. Uh, and, you know, just, again, you know, when you read these articles, it, it's just, you know, when you're aware, it, you can just you can just point, you know, you can just see the, you know, the, the, there's something off kilter about this. And, and, you know, when they call us conspiracy theorists and all that, well, you know what? I mean, there, there's, a, you know, there's, there's some truth to that. I mean, you, you know, there, there's, some, there's some, I don't know, there's some depth, there's some, some relevance to that. I mean, we're, we're not just a bunch of kooks out here, okay? Because in their own words, you know, they, they kind of expose themselves. <coughs> Excuse me. Here's the headline. This is from USA Today. Planned Parenthood shooting suspect found incompetent to stand trial. Now, that's the headline. The headline again, once again, Planned Parenthood shooting suspect found incompetent to stand trial. Now, and then, you know, there's a picture of him. There's some audio. I'm not going to play that. The, uh, the, the kind of caption below the, uh, the audio is Robert Lewis Deer Jr., the man who admitted to killing three people at a Planned Parenthood in Colorado, has been found incompetent to stand trial. A judge has ordered him to undergo... Now, get this, to undergo restoration treatment at the state hospital or at a state hospital. So a judge has ordered him, again, to undergo restoration treatment. What the hell is that? And, and now here's something else. Here's something else. 
If he's so incompetent, and, well, this judge says he is to stand trial, wouldn't that make him incompetent to admitting to killing people at a Planned Parenthood, a baby murder clinic? See, they can't have it both ways. He's either incompetent or he's not. He can't be competent enough to admit to killing people, right, and then on the other hand, be incompetent to stand trial. Am I wrong? <clears throat> I'm just asking the question, guys. Am I wrong? I can read from the article because it's very, it's very telling. It's in the headline, again, you, you know the headline. This is uh, out of Colorado Springs. The man who admitted to killing three people uh, at a Planned Parenthood clinic here was found incompetent to stand trial Wednesday and indefinitely, indefinitely, it's saying, confined to a state mental hospital. Okay, you follow me now. A state mental hospital. And here again, it goes on. Two state, state-appointed doctors said Robert Louis Deere Jr. suffers from the delusion that the federal government has persecuted him for more than 20 years for his anti-government and anti-abortion beliefs. Uh, well, what do you think? What do you think? And look, man, when you see a picture of this guy, he's obviously freaking hopped up on something. Obviously hopped up on something. Uh, what do we got going on here? Oh, hold on a second, guys. Da-da-da. Okay, I was checking something. It appears that my, uh, what is it? Uh, it appears that my Yahoo Messenger, at least Frank's, has crashed because he, he went offline on Yahoo. So, okay, I'll continue on with this. Uh, oh, now Frank's back. Okay. Where was I? Da-da-da. Yeah, because this is just, this is unbelievable. And again, uh, what do you guys think? It goes on. Judge uh, Gilbert Martinez on Wednesday accepted those findings and, and ordered Deer, and I've already said this, to undergo, un, now, I didn't, say this, to undergo unspecified restoration treatment at a state hospital. What is that? What is that? I, you have to ask. In a court order issued Wednesday, Martinez wrote that experts determined Deer suffers from delusion, delusional disorder, perse- persecutory type, whatever that means, uh, during psychiatric evaluation. Martinez wrote, Deer engaged in a somewhat rambling monologue that was confusing to follow, and he often lapsed into significantly paranoid ideas about him being targeted for persecution by the federal uh, authorities, by federal authorities. Well, uh, you know, I tend to think that, you know, he's, he's not delusional, okay, but since they've got him all hopped up and they're presenting him as, you know, like some kind of a whack job, I mean, just look at the picture of the guy. You just Google uh, the, the article. The headline is, and it's from the USA Today. Uh, I'm not reading this from my computer, so I can't uh, post the link for you, but you can find it very easily yourself. And I'm sure you can find many pictures of this guy because they want that. They want that image out there. They want that image out there that this guy's hot, that like he's look at, look, see, he is, he's really a he's whacked out. Just like James Holmes, the alleged Colorado uh, movie theater shooter alleged again, as I said, alleged. Now, I don't know a whole lot about that. You know, I, I followed it when it, you know, obviously when it first happened, uh, but as I remember, there was a whole bunch of conflicting reports about who the shooter was or about how many shooters there were. And there just were. And people said things like, man, I, I saw, you know, I saw people like going, coming through the side doors with armed with rifles and, and such. Not just James Holmes, right? But see, that's who they want you to believe did what, you know, did it. And so to advance their, you know, that theory they got. They have James Holmes. Every time you see him, he's got like orange hair, right? And he's got like this freaking wild, freaking eyed look on his face. That he's obviously hopped up on something. Obviously, they got him hopped up on something. So, is it fair to say that both of these guys, 
that both of these guys, okay, are being, <laughs> being, well, I would call it torture. Would you not call it torture that these guys are being tortured? I don't, and for what purpose? Well, you, you know, I'll, I'll leave that for my listeners and for the rest of you out there, uh, you know, to decide that way, uh, you know, I won't, you know, cloud your judgment. I don't want you to, I don't want, you know, uh, to help you draw any conclusions that, you know, are my own. So hold on a second. Okay. I had to reach for my water. So there you go, guys. That's just what time is it? Okay. I have time, a little bit of time before the break. I, it's just unbelievable. I could, I guess I could just continue on with the story, but I, I guess I really don't need to, uh, da, 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 da. no, it's just a bunch of stuff that, uh, doesn't really need to be, you know, pointed out because the two important things that needed to be pointing out again are, you know, and it, and it's just, it's just very telling guys, you know, he's confined to a state mental hospital and the only, and, you know, the only doctors that, you know, examined him uh, were state appointed doctors, you know, now as his lawyer, I would have to, I would have to petition to the court to say, okay, you've had your chance. You have state appointed doctors. Now, what do you think those state-appointed doctors are going to say? Do you think two state-appointed doctors are going to go against the state? Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think if one of those state-appointed doctors said, hey, man, I, I, this guy's not crazy. I'm telling you, he's not. I've talked to him. What do you think would happen to that doctor? Well, at a minimum, uh, they would get a different doctor, at a minimum. Okay. But I think something far worse would happen, like he would die in a one-car accident, or he would commit suicide by shooting himself in the head twice. So again, I would have to, if I were his lawyer, I would say, you know what, uh, I'm petitioning the court and we're going to get a couple of private doctors, you know, our own, our own. Let's see what they say. Isn't that how things are supposed to work in this country? You know, that's generally how these things work or should work. That's called arbitration and all this kind of stuff. And right. But no, no, these people just get railroaded and they get railroaded to prove a point and to advance the government's agenda. And in this case, the government's agenda is Baby murder is the promotion of abortion, which is abhorrent. And, and, and that's just a fact. Now, James Holmes, I think that they're, no, I don't think, I know what their agenda was there. That's their anti-gun agenda. You know, they'll do anything. They will do anything up to and including murdering American citizens to advance their, uh, you know, their, their misguided, you know, beliefs on gun control. That's just a fact. They want nothing more than to render the Second Amendment, along with all the other ones, uh, useless. And see, they can't just do it, though, right? They can't just one day, they can't just, you know, by executive order or anything, they can't just come out and just, no more Second Amendment, no more First Amendment, no more Fourth, Fifth, and all the other ones, right? But, but, but what they can do, and they're certainly doing it with free speech, Okay, is that they're just effectively rendering the First Amendment useless with a whole bunch of hate speech uh, laws and hate speech ordinances, and you can't say this here, and you know you can't post something on Facebook if it if it doesn't agree with this, and you can't you know post something on Twitter if it doesn't agree with that, right? You can't search something from Google if you're searching for this or that, right? It's it's like free speech for thee and not free speech for me. That whole kind of mantra. Am I wrong? You know. I don't think so. I don't think I'm wrong. And now, now, this is important. It's working. Okay. I don't think any one of us can say that it's not working because it is working. And it, it, and, a, and pretty effectively, I, may, I might add. Why? Well, because like Ted Nugent said, the coyote's in our house pissing on our couch and we're not killing him. 
We're, we're just letting them walk in. We're gonna waltz right in, you know, along with the rest of them, the other wild animals. And they're they're not just pissing on our couch; they're they're pooping on it too. And they're everywhere. They're marking everything because we, the the people, we the people. Oh, geez, where did that come from? Where did I get that? We the people. Hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, but I'm, it's slipping my mind. Slipping my mind. We the, the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. Remember that pesky little document? Where is it? Here it is. Here's the pesky little document right here in my hand. Hear that? I don't know if you can hear that. Anyway, we just have to do more, guys. I talk about it every day on, on my show. So I, I guess that would be every week, twice a week. I, I try and get this look like Frank just did on his show. I hope you guys were listening to Frank's show. He talked about controlling the narrative. And you know what? I have to agree with him about this whole nationalism thing versus, like, Americanism. I do. I mean, because it just it makes perfect sense. And, it, and, it, and see, when things make perfect sense, that's because they're true. And it is true that nationalism has, has been tainted. You know, and it is the first thing. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's, you know, it's like a, there's some kind of a mechanism, right? There's like a mechanism that goes off in people's, in people's feeble freaking brains when they hear that. Oh, Hitler, Nazi, Nazi, swastika, bad, bad, uh, six million Jews dead, right? Exactly, right. And so I think it's pretty clever, actually, to call it Americanism. Because, yeah, who's going to go against that? But hey, but hey, and now this is important to note. You know, they don't really like that either. There's, uh, I was Googling some things for my blog uh, about, you know, Eric Holder. And there was an interview he did. I don't know what, it was Fox News. I, I don't recall. It's about a five-minute interview or something like that. And he mentioned several times in this interview how people that say things like uh, take America back or, you know, we want America back again or, you know, things along that nature. He and he, he, I mean, he flat out said it, that people that say that are flat out racist. He did say that. And it's just unfreaking believable the gall of these people. Now, I know Eric Holder's gone, you know, from the public eye. But that doesn't mean that his influence still isn't there and that we shouldn't be talking about it. Because it is. And it is relevant to keep talking about it and to keep exposing these bastards for who they are. Okay? You know, I watched that and I'm like, you whiny little bitch, you know, you think you think you guys are the only you think you're the only attorney general that has, you know, been criticized. We well, are wrong. Well, we're at the break. Now, this first song, again, is dedicated to Bill Clinton uh, because it's the song he played at uh, his wedding. He dedicated it to his wife at his wedding. And I don't hear the music chiming in yet, so I might be a little early. There it is. See you after the break.
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
okay, that ended abruptly. Anyway, that was Ted Nugent there. Hope you enjoyed those songs. A bit of slam music there. Sorry about that, Andrew. Well, let's continue on. Now for something a little bit different. And uh, what I'm about to present to you next, guys, is just a, it's, it's important. It's a good illustration about, you know, the, the type of people uh, that, are in our, that are in our government, okay, and, and in every facet of our government. And the one in particular, excuse me, uh, uh, organization, if you will, that, that I'm referring to now is the public school system. Out here in the state of Washington, uh, there's, you know, there's elections all over the place, obviously. Well, one of the uh, elections, if you will, out here in the state of Washington is, uh, what do they call it? The, the chief or something of public instruction or no, maybe it's the super. I think it's the superintendent of, for public instruction, or in other words, the superintendent of public schools. Okay, so uh, there's a the fellow in there right now. Is, his name is Randy Dorn, and I guess there's more than one person running against him. But there's one in particular that uh, this fellow Dave Ross, I played his commentary on here before, uh, in, interviewed. Her name is Aaron Jones, spelled Aaron E. What is it? E R I N. Yes, Aaron Jones. And so he's interviewing her, uh, you know, on the radio. And I heard this was the other day. So this would have been uh, Monday, Monday. Yeah. So it would have been Monday morning on my drive home uh, in my car. I, I was listening, you know, to this and I was just stunned. So, and I thought I would play it for you, you know, because these, these are the kind of people, man, these are the kind of people that are in our public school. So now let me Department cue this up. Could have a much needed PR oh, win on this project. Was it a me... desperate need it was playing, and uh, I wasn't aware of that. Let me go back just a bit, guys, right to about here. Now, check this out. Now, again, this is Dave Ross from Cairo Radio interviewing Erin Jones. She's running for superintendent of public instruction. So here we go. May 9th, Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien. The top spot in the state's public education system is up for grabs this year with several candidates competing to replace Randy Dorn. Superintendent of Public Instruction. We've been shaking hands with the candidates one at a time. Today, Erin Jones. Actually, I couldn't shake hands because she's been pretty busy campaigning. So I got her on the cell phone in a coffee shop. She's trained as a foreign language teacher and has worked in the superintendent's office. Here she is, Erin Jones. You have a very interesting family history. First of all, you were born in which, <laughs> what country? Where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in the United States, adopted, and then raised in the Netherlands. Raised in the Netherlands. And then you yourself adopted your daughter, who is actually your sister's daughter? That's my sister-in-law's daughter. Sister-in-law's so my daughter. Yeah. My husband's younger sister's daughter. Right. And uh, so you have raised her and went on to learn how many languages yourself? I speak four. Four languages. So you were a foreign language teacher for a while. You, yes. you have worked in the uh, SPI's office, haven't you? I did, yes. So I was the director of the Center for the Improvement of Student Learning, which is basically the the family engagement cultural competence arm of OSPI that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, well, and then I um, went on to work as the assistant superintendent for Randy Dorn on his cabinet for three years. Right. And what do you think? What's the number one job that you, you think needs doing as a superintendent of public instruction in this state? So I think really reframing the beauty of teaching as a profession, the beauty of our public schools, I think public schools are really being beaten up, particularly in the media across the nation. This is not a Washington State issue. Mm -hmm. This is a national issue with all the testing that's happening. You know, we love to point out how everyone is failing instead of talking Sounds about like the great things that are happening in not. schools. And the reality that if we just look at Washington State, we have so many more hundreds of thousands of kids that are who are 
living at or below the poverty line. So when we talk about what schools are doing, they have been given the Herculean task of not only preparing students academically, but preparing students who don't have enough food at home, who don't know where they might be living the next day. We have all these other things that schools have now become responsible for. Well, one would beg, okay, one would have to beg the question, why? That's not what school's for. That's not what public schools are for, you know, to feed starving children, is it? But see, this is how they've done things. This is how they've taken things, you know, obviously the public schools have been completely uh, culturally taken over by Marxists. And this woman is a classic example of it. I'll let it continue on. And I really want to reframe that great schools are not just the responsibility of a classroom teacher or a principal or a school district superintendent, that we as community, as Washington State, need to wrap our arms around our schools and our students and and make sure that we all contribute to this process because it can't just be, I'm very aware that as state superintendent, I don't get a magic wand to just make everything better. Where we are in education right now is really complex. It's really complicated. And the solutions, I believe, are really complicated. Let's talk about the biggest problem. That's uh... how, how is it complicated there, as Frank refers to her Barbie girl? And she, she does. It's, it's embarrassing. She needs to not talk like that if she wants to be taken seriously, I believe. Uh, yeah, I'll let it continue on. Certainly facing Washington schools in terms of policy, and that is, of course, funding. The legislature has to find a way to raise at least, I think, $4 billion is what it is. I think it's more than that, actually. Now, what's, what's your figure? I think the Fork and I really take care of basic education in the ways that we say we wanted to and actually fund the bills that have been passed. I think it's going to take more like $10 billion because we passed a $10 billion? $10 billion to fund public schools in the state of Washington. I mean, that's like the, the GDP of some small nations out there, is it not? $10 billion. That's what, the, that's, what these, that's what these loons want. Well, to have full-day kindergarten, we haven't funded that. We passed a bill for smaller class sizes. We haven't funded that, and that requires funding not only additional teachers, but also additional classroom space. That's, that's capital budget. All right. So the sales tax and the property tax are not going to pay for that. <laughs> no, so um, <laughs> what would you propose? So, I, I mean, I think we really, we really need to look at a more progressive tax system. So, right a more progressive tax system. You heard it here first. Now, the poorest people are really paying the, the greatest percentage in That's taxes. Nonsense. And so I think we need to get honest at a state about who who needs to be contributing. Um, you know, I come from a social democracy. So the Netherlands is a socialist country that votes for their leader. So it's not socialist like communist at all. But uh, It's not socialist like communist? Uh, it was a nice try. That That was a nice try. But uh, fail. You know, we have high taxes, and but you can see where your taxes go. So you see the schools, all of education is paid for from kindergarten all the way through your PhD, if you want that. You can see the people cleaning the streets, and we see our taxes. So, you know, in the Netherlands, my parents are paying probably 40% of their wages in, in taxes. Mm-hmm. And, and to Americans, 40%. you know, we feel like that's such a burden, but I, we could see where those taxes were going. It's going to take a heavy lift to get the United States there. So I don't think we're going to go there. Um, However, I think we need to be really honest about who is paying taxes and making sure that the wealthiest are also contributing in a fair way. Well, that sounds like an income tax. That sounds like an income tax to me. You know, we're one of the only states that doesn't have one. And I think be really honest about if we do want great schools and we want 
social services, we, we have to be willing to pay for them. They're not, they don't just come out of the ground. We have this expectation that the government will just do these things for us. Well, really, the government is us. It's all of us. The democracy is all of us. So we all need to be contributing to that. I think we also need to have an honest conversation about who gets to benefit from tax loopholes. I find as an educator, it's a bit ironic that the very companies who are complaining the most about not having enough STEM students prepared after high school or college are the same companies that are not paying any taxes. So, oh, That's nonsense. I'll let it end there because it's pretty much the end of the interview. But now there you go. It's, that's pretty retarded, I, I would have to say. This, this person, is, is she sounds pretty retarded. And it's, it's it, or at least moronic, her, her beliefs and all that. But this is, this is the type of person that is, and she is in our government uh, here in the state of Washington. She's not yet the superintendent for public instruction. And I can't imagine that people would vote for this person after hearing this interview because she is totally off the rails. But again, uh, it's like it's the whole two yards or three yards guys in a cloud of dust. You know, they, they'll, they'll take a little bite at a time and they're, they're okay with that. You know, they're, they're comfortable. They're, with that. They're very patient, you know, with, with that, you know, process, if you will, you know, just a little bit at a time, <clears throat> you know, a little bit at a time, they keep nipping away and they just keep like nipping away, nipping away, you know? And at first it wasn't so much, you know, maybe at first it was like a two inches, right. in a cloud of dust, but over time, you know, I think now we're up to like uh, seven and a half yards in a cloud of dust. You follow me? And that's because for the most part, and it's just, just the fact for the most part, they've been able to do this pretty much unimpeded because the American people, once again, we have, we have sat on our hands and we have just, you know, you know, given away, I guess, uh, our responsibilities to, to rein in our governments and, you know, to make our governments work for us and to, to shrink our governments to where they should be, to where they need to be and to where they were supposed, you know, to where they're supposed to be in the first place, which are small, very small government you know, inherently should be small and only do minimal things, you know, because anytime, and again, and it's just a fact, anytime you let somebody else continue to do things for you and continue to do things for you, th- that entity will get bigger and get bigger and get bigger. And is that not what we have right now? You know, we have a federal government that is just, it's unbelievable. It, the, the critical mass that it has become it, it is, it's nearly now, it's, it's nearly, uh, going to be impossible to to stop it or or to shrink it, but we have to start somewhere. How much time do I have? I have time. We have to start somewhere. We have to start nipping this in the bud. You know, I, I, and it's again, it's like it's a call to action. You know, I'm sure there are things like this. <clears throat> I'm sure there are people like this. You know, in your state government. And you should be paying attention to those people and then writing them a letter or calling your state representative or your state senator, uh, you know, and, and, and saying, hey, man, uh, you, you can't we can't allow this loon, this lefty loon uh, to, to be you know, in office. We, you have to do something about it, you know, because at the end of the day, if she gets in there now, she will just be another. Well, I guess she wouldn't be unelected anymore. She would be, uh, you know, an elected bureaucrat because right now she's basically promoting and that's exactly what she's doing in this did in this interview is trying to advance or promote a state income tax the liberals have been wanting that in the state for for as long as i've lived out here so i don't think that it's uh you know uh, just a coincidence that this now at the the moment this unelected bureaucrat is it trying to advance that but and 
in her words, in a democracy, that's not how things are supposed to work. You know, unelected bureaucrats aren't supposed to be able to do these things. I mentioned, I don't know, a couple, two, three months ago, uh, and she's since been uh, uh, fired, if you will, the head of uh, transportation out here, Washington State Department of, was it transportation? She was the department, they call it something different. Uh, It was like the commissioner or something like that, and her name was, I believe, Lynn Johnson. And before she even was appointed to the position, right, of, I don't know, superintendent of whatever Washington Transportation Commissioner, whatever it was, before she was even appointed to that position, she was uh, promoting and trying to advance uh, tolls, right? Toll roads everywhere. Toll for this, toll for that. Cross a bridge, pay a toll, right? And, and user fees for, uh, or additional user fees for, you know, operating your vehicle. Pay by the mile, everything. Gas tax, all kinds of things. And when I heard that, I just, I flipped my lid, man, and I called them. And I was pretty heated with them and said, just, that's not how things are supposed to work. Okay. You don't get to do that. And, you know, more specifically, I called the governor's office. And of course, you know, we have a liberal governor out here and the the female that I talked to, you know, obviously didn't want to put me through the governor and she didn't want to hear what I had to say either. But I, I spoke my mind, you know, Again, that's not how things are supposed to work. And, and now, again, these are their words of democracy, you know, where you have these unelected bureaucrats, you know, just running roughshod over us, the people, the citizens. You know, we do have an elective body. And this, the, our elected bodies are, are supposed to represent the people. But instead, our elected bodies, our elected bodies represent the unelected bureaucrats and only them specifically. Only them. And who pays for that? <clears throat> well, Obviously, we pay for it, but it's larger than that. Excuse me. It's larger than that. You know, when I say we pay for it, not when I say we, I mean all of us. Everybody in this entire country pays for that. Simply because, once again, we've let the coyote into our living room, and he's urinating on our couch. Okay? And we just, we just sit there because we're too lazy uh, to get up off the couch and do something about it. You know, because Dancing with the Stars is on. And I hate picking on Dancing with the Stars, you know, so if that's one of your favorite shows, uh, you know, I, I can pick another show, I guess. Uh, American Idol. There you go. But you get you catch my drift. I got time. I was checking the time there. <clears throat> so anyway, that was uh, one of the other things that I wanted to point out to you this afternoon. <clears throat> Let me see what else in the closing uh, moments of my show today. Uh, what I can, if I can just find something quick here for you. Da-da-da. This is interesting. This is actually kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this. The headline is, officials Officials say too late for white nationalists to resign as Trump delegate. I, I, I had no idea. And it, it piqued my interest. This is from NPR. I have a little bit of time for the end of the show today. Again, the headline is, officials say too late for white nationalists to resign as a Trump delegate. And there's a picture of the fellow there. His name is, and he's an attorney. His name is William Johnson, and he's the leader of the American Freedom Party, a self-proclaimed white nationalist uh, group, which, by the way, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center has deemed uh, a hate group. (laughs) Go figure, right? Go figure. Well, I'll read from the article here briefly. It may be too late for a man identified as a white nationalist leader to be removed uh, from a list of Trump delegates, an official in the California Secretary of State's office told NPR. The Trump campaign did not reach out to our office about removing William Johnson's name as a delegate until Tuesday, May 10th, which has passed the statutory deadline to submit delegate lists 
to the Supreme, uh, Secretary of State's office, Press Secretary Sam Mahood said in a statement. William Daniel Johnson is affiliated with the American Freedom Party, identified as an extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. See, identified by the Southern Poverty Law Center as an extremist group, and identified by the Southern po- he is identified by the po- po- Southern Poverty Law Center as a white nationalist. See how they try and do this? It's unbelievable, guys. It's unbelievable. We have to do something about this. <clears throat> it goes on. The Los Angeles attorney is known for proposing an amendment to strip U.S. citizenship from non-whites. His existence on the list was first reported by Mother Jones. And Mother Jones is, I guess, some kind of a liberal website. I think I went there once. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys know it better than I do. <clears throat> After Johnson's name appeared on the Trump delegate list published this week by the California Secretary of State, the campaign blamed a computer error and said it had taken immediate steps to remove him. Upon careful review of computer records, the inclusion of a potential delegate that had previously been rejected and removed from the campaign list in February 2016 was discovered. Blah, blah, blah. The Trump campaign's... Uh, uh, California State Director Tim Clark said in a statement Tuesday, and it was even blah blah. They're just uh, they're trying to you know go back now and you know backfill this and you know blah 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 blah. NPR reached out to Trump campaign for comment. Blah blah. No response. So, and it, here's something: the news of a white nationalist inclusion on Trump's delegates late in California comes as Trump is gearing up for a general election fight by hiring new staff and taking on likely Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton. Blah blah blah. So. There you go. And this is just another way for them to try and paint Donald Trump as some kind of a racist. You know, when I pointed out yesterday that President, uh, our sitting president right now, uh, what did he garner in both of his elections uh, and both of his wins for the president? Uh, how much of the black vote did he, uh, how many black people supported him percentage wise? Nearly 100%. I mean, nearly 100%. You know, but yet that's not racist, you know. And so, but, but when white people, you know, it's just like we have the Congressional Black Caucus, you know, and if you, we were to, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Congressional Black Caucus, oh, how nice. What about a white congressional? But no, no, we did not know you. We can't, no, we, that, we can't, that's racist. You can't do that. They're beating us, guys. They're kicking our butts here. You know, they're kind of kicking our butts. And, you know, it's been pointed out, uh, this may be it. This may be our last chance. All right, guys, we're at the end of the show. We're at the end of the week. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening today. You can, again, contact me via my website, conditioncriticalshow.com, or you can call me or send me a text message. My cell phone number, again, is 253-973-2995. And after having said all that, uh, until we meet, you know, on the airwaves again, which will, again, be next uh, Wednesday. God bless each and every one of you. And two things, guys. Freedom comes from the sword. And be all that you can be. Become a domestic terrorist. See you next week. Clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled.
distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Let's make our escape. 
Welcome to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And it is my live show tonight on Monday, May 9th, 2016, and I hope 
all of you out there that are mothers had a happy Mother's Day. And I was able to, to talk to my mom, which was great. And uh, so I appreciate you praying for her and thanks to all of you that have done so or have been doing that. And um, all right, now. Um, I have not gotten into the chat room yet because my computer started doing updates. So if I can get in there as soon as I can, I will. But anyway, okay, so I'm going to move on to talking about something other than MSM, sulfur, etc. And I'm going to give you some information. I guess my updates are going to, okay, well, anyway, um, I can't get into the chat you know, Frank, and I'm sorry about whatever problems I'm having. I'm not uh, doing anything, but keep going in and out of audio. Okay. So, I'm going to start all talking about... Oh. Talking about ulcers tonight. Stomach ulcers. So, a peptic ulcer is an open sore on the lining of the stomach or duodenum. A a horseshoe-shaped forepart of the small intestine extending downward from the valve of the stomach. This is caused by stomach acid and pepsin, an enzyme which breaks down eaten protein attacking the line. Attacking the lining of the stomach or intestines when too little protective mucus insulation is formed. Many, if not most, ulcer patients are only vaguely aware of stomach or intestinal discomfort, bloating, or pain until bleeding is dramatically demonstrated in black, sticky stools or even red, blood-stained bowel movements. Cabbage juice, large tropical bananas called plantains, essential fatty acids from cold-pressed vegetable oils like safflower, sesame, sunflower seed, and, among others, soy, whole grain bread and cereals, and the juice of the aloe vera plant have shown an ability to help heal ulcers. Presumably, they can help to prevent them, too. Okay, now we'll talk about cabbage juice. Dr. Garnett Cheney, a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, said 13 ulcer patients, one-fifth of a quart of freshly squeezed cabbage juice at intervals five times daily. So I guess that means they got one quart total per day, a fifth at a time. So it's a fifth of a quart of freshly squeezed cabbage juice at intervals during the day, five times a day. They got that. And all were healed within 7.3 to 10.4 days, as shown by x-ray evidence. The healing ingredient was called vitamin U because of its action on ulcers. So they named it vitamin U because ulcer starts with a U. Five, uh, four to five pounds of cabbage will yield a day's supply of juice. And speaking of cabbage juice, 
The author says, I remember visiting my late mother-in-law in the hospital and warning her that the arthritis medicine she was taking might cause bleeding ulcers. And she said, of course, cabbage juice can manage most cases of ulcers, I informed her. She looked at me as if I had lost my mind and poo-pooed the idea, as only she could poo-poo. Just then, her doctor came in, and she told him my ridiculous idea about cabbage juice for ulcers. Oh, sure, he nodded knowingly. Cabbage juice really works. It contains what is called vitamin U because it helps to heal ulcers. So that's what the doctor said to the mother-in-law. And by the way, I've read about a lot of different things that cabbage and cabbage juice can heal. So maybe I'll do a show in the future on cabbage juice. But just so you know, you might want to look into that. Okay, so other sources of vitamin U. Celery and other fresh greens. Cooking destroys this factor. So the vitamin U is destroyed by cooking. Raw egg yolks. Unpasteurized milk and vegetable fats, like in safflower, sesame, sunflower, and soy oil, are the best additional sources of vitamin U. Okay, now we'll talk about plantains. Two groups of associated researchers from India and England discovered the strange fact that rats which ate plantains had a third as many ulcers, also less severe ones, as those which didn't. Rats fed a powder made from unripe green plantains. The most effective kind resisted ulcers induced through a chemical injection by producing an observably thicker lining of stomach mucus. Given this powder, human beings with ulcers usually healed too. Plantains are available in many markets and in most produce stores. So the best ones to get if you're going to, you know, do that would be the unripe green plantains. All right. So now we'll talk about essential fatty acids. After an intake of essential fatty acids, there is a dramatic increase in prostaglandins, which are hormone-like substances which help to control body functions and among many other things contribute to healing. Prostaglandins have been shown at the University of California at Irvine and elsewhere to prevent ulcerations caused by aspirins, meaning ulcers caused by aspirins, alcohol, bile acids, and other irritants, states Dr. Daniel Hollander, professor of medicine and chief of gastroenterology at this university's College of Medicine. Fatty acids appear to bolster the healing of existing ulcerations, as well as protect the stomach and intestinal tract from ulcers, he says. Until now, we've never had a rational reason to emphasize specific diets for ulcer patients, Hollander admits, and that's Dr. Hollander. There's some evidence that maybe some people have peptic peptic ulcer disease because they have a defect in their ability to make prostaglandins. So best sources I'm sorry about that. I'm 
about the audio problem. I'm trying to make it stop. Um, best sources of essential fatty acids are found in uh, safflower corn, sunflower seed, soybean and sesame seed oils, and linoleic acid found in those is needed to assure normal cells and normal metabolism, which is efficient changing of nutrients into energy. Nutrition-oriented physicians usually recommend that their patients add two tablespoons of these essential fatty acids to their daily diet on salads. So, again, the best sources of essential fatty acids would be um, the linoleic acid, acid. Okay, that's going to help. And those are found in safflower oil, corn oil, sunflower seed oil, soybean oil, and sesame seed oil. Okay, so whole grains now. We'll move on to an experiment with 73 patients who had just recovered from duodenal ulcers reported in Lancet revealed the preventative benefits in dietary fiber. The 38 individuals who were told to eat a great deal of whole grain bread, cereals, from wheat, barley, and oats, and vegetables had a 45% rate of return of ulcers. So almost half the people um, out of 38 individuals who were told to eat a great deal of whole grain bread, cereals, and vegetables, um, those that did not eat those things that contained a lot of fiber, 80% of those, the, the ulcers returned, but 45% um, had a rate of return that ate the high fiber diet from whole grain bread, cereals, and vegetables. And the, the cereals were wheat, the whole grains were wheat, barley, and oats, or the cereals wheat, barley, and oats. So. Um, so now we'll move on to another thing that can help ulcers, and that is aloe vera juice. So history tells us that Alexander the Great conquered the island of Madagascar to make sure of a steady supply of aloe vera plants for use in healing the wounds of his soldiers. Aloe vera gel and aloe vera juice were used for healing in India as long as 3,500 years. American Indians referred to it as the wand of heaven. In folklore, people have split the leaf of this plant and applied its gel to scratches, burns, cuts, and wounds to hurry up the healing process. Aloe vera gel has been used, juice, I'm sorry, has been used internally too for ulcers. Four ounces of juice, two times a day, supposedly with success. Some years ago, Russian medical men built a small foundation of science under aloe vera's folklore. An article in the Journal of the American Osteopathic Association, volume 62, in April 1963, reported research in which aloe vera gel was used successfully to treat peptic ulcers. The theory of some of the researchers was that aloe vera gel soothes and heals 
stomach ulcers by neutralizing hydrochloric acid. And a theory that was shared by many biochemists, including the author of this book, um, you know, believes that is the way it works. It soothes and heals stomach ulcers, the aloe vera gel does, by neutralizing um, hydrochloric acid, and the gel serves to put a protective coating where stomach mucus does not cover. So foods such as cabbage juice, plantains, cold-pressed vegetable oils, not the usual commercial supermarket brands of oils, whole grain breads and cereals, and aloe vera juice seem to be helpful for preventing or coping with ulcers. And so that is a little bit about how to heal one's ulcers, and, and I would definitely try those things if I had ulcers, but I've never had an ulcer, thank goodness, so hopefully I never will get any of those. And there is some recipes here that I will quickly give, and um, one of those is carrot and raisin salad. So three-quarter cup of natural seedless raisins, one-half a cup of fresh carrot juice, four medium carrots, one medium beet, two tablespoons of instant fresh mayonnaise, which I will give you the recipe for that, four large or small lettuce leaves, and a half a cup of alfalfa sprouts. And then here's how to do it for the carrot and raisin salad. Soak raisins in carrot juice for approximately one hour or until plump. Grate carrots and beet and mix with soaked raisins. Place in refrigerator until cool. Mix in a dash of mayonnaise and serve on a bed of lettuce leaves. This is an excellent accompaniment to a fiber-rich main course meal. And if you'd like to make your own instant fresh mayonnaise, you could use two fresh egg yolks, and I would, you know, only use those if I raised the chickens or knew somebody that did, you know, or got them from a, a good source, you know, free-range chickens. Free-range chickens hopefully fed, you know, the right things, organic uh, food and things like that. And then, so you need two fresh egg yolks, two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, three-quarters cup of cold-pressed sunflower seed oil or sesame oil. And, of course, you could use olive oil, the three-quarter cup of cold-pressed olive oil. Uh, that could be used also. But the book says uh, sunflower seed oil or sesame oil cold-pressed, three-quarters of a cup of that. And if you have a hand blender, that's a, a good way to to make your own mayonnaise if, if you have a hand blender and you can uh, put that into a, into a container and then use that to blend the mayonnaise.
Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need, first aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com.
Welcome back to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen. Okay, so I was giving you some information earlier about ulcers, and that came from a book that I have, and the book is titled Foods That Heal. Foods That Heal, and it's by Maureen Salomon, and that's Maureen, M-A-U-R-E-E-N, Salomon, S-A-L-A-M-A-N. And on the front of it, it says, Prevent or reverse more than 100 common ailments with the information in this book. 20 Natural Ways to Lower Cholesterol, 5 No-Drug Approaches to Lowering High Blood Pressure, Conquer Your Cravings for Coffee, Chocolate, Tobacco, and Alcohol, and Lose Weight the No-Diet Way, Beat Arthritis, Erase Wrinkles, Reverse Aging Effects with Common Foods. Historically Proven Folk Medicine Plans from the author of the dynamic bestseller, Nutrition, The Cancer Answer. So she's also the author of that book, Nutrition, The Cancer Answer, which I do not have, but I would love to get. Okay, so just in case, you know, you're interested in this book, again, it's by Maureen Salomon, Foods That Heal, and I'm sure I'll be sharing more with you from that book on my show. So now I'm going to move on to another book that I have. It's called Miracle Medicine Foods, Miracle Medicine Foods, by Rex Adams, R-E-X-A-D-A-M-S, Rex Adams, and this book that I have here has all kinds of miraculous things, you know, uh, that have healed people, and it came out in 1977 by Parker Publishing Company, Incorporated. So I'm going to start sharing some info from this book. And the only thing I don't really like about it, I mean, I'm not going to agree with every single thing in every single book that I have or anything like that. And I haven't even read all of this book. You know, I've just kind of jumped around reading different things. So, but, um, yeah, the thing I don't like about it really is that there's no index where you can look up, you know, something specific like in the back of the book that would have an index and you can just, you know, look up whatever it is and turn right to the particular page that it's on. So other than that, you know, it's a pretty good book. Um, So anyway, I'm going to start out reading some info from it and let's see here. I'll tell you how many pages are in this book. Um, The book that I have here that is called Miracle Medicine Foods has 230 pages. It's a paperback book, and it's it's a large book, I would say. Um, And that's by Rex Adams. And then the other book I read to you about ulcers from called Foods That Heal by Maureen Salomon. It has, let's see here. For 524 pages, so it's an even larger book. It's a paperback, too, the one that I have. And so, anyway, that's a little bit about those. And, okay, I'm going to start out now 
reading from this book here called Miracle Medicine Foods. Okay. And I'm, I suppose I could read you chapter one uh, from that, but basically all it does is tell you all the people that were healed, and it doesn't really tell you how they were healed. So, you know, it's just kind of miraculous uh, things that, that occurred when they did certain things, but it's kind of like a lead-in to the book, so I will just read you um, what it says um, kind of on the last page of that first chapter, and it says, startling evidence, pro and con, some of it overwhelmingly convincing is presented and these are fully documented facts, as in most health-related matters, use of ordinary non-prescription foods as medicine is controversial. Some doctors praise them to the sky, use them themselves, and recommend them to all their friends. I realize this was written in the 70s, so I doubt they're going to be doing that nowadays. The allopaths definitely won't be, most of them. Uh, they are considered minority unorthodox practitioners. Right, because they would lose their medical license if they did that nowadays, unless you're going to a holistic type, you know, doctor. So, others violently disagree and say that such things are totally worthless or should not be used by lay practitioners, like the pharmacist that I told, you know, garlic is a blood thinner, and she said that's an old wife's tale and she doesn't believe in herbs. So, there you go. So it goes on to say, and a word of advice. It is not the purpose of this book to delay the timely services of a doctor. You are advised to seek a doctor's advice immediately for any condition which has been bothering you. All recognized authorities state that self-medication is inadvisable without a doctor's approval. The author completely endorses this, emphasizing that there is no substitute for a doctor. No two patients are alike. No single program can satisfy everyone. That's why the directions in this book are not to be considered prescriptions for any ailment you may have, and no attempt should be made to use them without your doctor's okay. Since I am neither a physician, consultant, or medical practitioner, I have not undertaken and will not undertake to diagnose or prescribe for any disease. I claim only that many of these miracle medicine foods have worked for others. No such claimed effectiveness can be made for anyone else. That is for you to decide with your doctor. This book is a reference work only based on my research and experience. Use for any other than a stated purpose is clearly contrary to my intent, and it should not be construed as an endorsement of any commercial food product. And I will agree with all that they said there. And, you know, you always need to check with your licensed medical doctor, medical practitioner, et cetera, and do the research as well about all of the things that you hear on my show and other shows on AVR, et cetera, or you read or you come across. So please do that. Okay, so blessed relief and freedom from pain. For the blind, the deaf, the weak, the paralyzed, and all those afflicted with common and uncommon ailments that refuse to yield to conventional medical treatment for those beset with crippling pain who yearn to lead normal, pain-free lives once more. 
for those who seek an instant and immediate end to devilish long-standing health problems that have been plaguing them and playing havoc with their lives and pocketbooks, defying all known orthodox treatments. For those whose doctors have shrugged in bewilderment, unwilling or unable to suggest any avenue of relief beyond pills, potions, and medieval torture therapies that have not worked and often seem worse than the ailment itself. For seemingly hopeless cases now ready to try miracle medicine foods that have worked for tens of thousands just like them down through the ages, for those who have knocked on every door seeking help to no avail, this book promises miraculous new hope. Suddenly, no more lung pain, no more heart attacks, no more high blood pressure or varicose veins, no more liver problems, gallbladder attacks or burning urine, no more headaches, fatigue, diabetes or low blood sugar, no more constipation, colitis, ulcers or burning hemorrhoids, no more joint inflammation or stiffness, no more spasms, no more foggy vision or poor hearing, no more hay fever, sinus headaches, or skin problems in case after reported case. When you hurt, you want the fastest, easiest, safest, and most reliable and inexpensive relief you can get, the major problem being where and how. When time is short and pain is overwhelming, you cannot wait for medical science to come up with a possible remedy in the distant future. And they only treat symptoms anyway. And they just make your symptoms worse and worse with the more drugs they prescribe for you, etc. The big pharma drugs, the over-the-counter of the drugs, they're all dangerous and they can kill you. And that's just my little input here. So it goes on to say, this book is the where and how of fast, easy, inexpensive pain relief based on the true life experiences of others. It is said there is a miracle medicine food for every organ that cures or cured almost every known ailment, and the C word is really forbidden on the radio, so. But the book does say that. Even when drugs and surgery failed, and, and it's forbidden not by anybody at American Voice Radio Network, believe me, it's just, you know, the powers that be may come down on us for saying that word, so. Automatic pain relieving foods so powerful they may be called bionic healing foods. Thousands report spectacular cures and instant pain relief for scores of ailments with miracle medicine foods said to relieve pains immediately, make illness vanish, kill germs, fight infection with actual penicillin power. So safe, no prescription is needed. So powerful, certain medications have had to be eliminated under a doctor's care. They include food supplements, meaning the miracle medicine foods, food supplements, massage, or anything else that helps sufferers. All are foods, for if they helped in any way, they are miracle medicine foods for the body. Now, they say massage, they even call massage and things like this miracle medicine foods, just so you know, in this book. So, okay, now I'm going to move on to chapter two miracle medicine foods for bronchitis, asthma emphysema, and lung problems. Honey is miracle medicine food for bronchitis, asthma, and lung infections. An ancient folklore remedy for bronchial complaints is to simmer 
three to four slices of onions and a couple of cloves of garlic and half a quart of Irish moss jelly for 30 minutes. When cool, strain and add four ounces of honey. Take one teaspoonful every two hours, alternating with one teaspoonful of plain honey slipped slowly, sipped slowly every hour. This is not medical advice and I'm not telling you these things for you to do these things. These are things that I would try if I had any of these problems, by the way. So, honey has a fatal effect on germs, which is mainly due to its moisture-absorbing ability. Its power to do this is phenomenal. It can draw moisture from a stone or crock, or even from a metal or glass container. When germs come in contact with honey, all their moisture is withdrawn. They shrivel and die. It has killed the most harmful bacteria imaginable with actual penicillin power. The results are nothing short of spectacular. One man, Mr. J.F., and in this book there's always abbreviations given for their names, just so you know, reports that 40 years ago he became ill and consulted several doctors who said he had active tuberculosis. After a few months, the doctors gave him up and said his only hope was to go to Arizona, which he could not afford to do. Later, they told him flatly he had only a few weeks to live. He began using honey daily. Five years later, the same doctors examined him and found only a few spots on his lungs. They absolutely refused to believe it was the same person. So he had active tuberculosis. They gave up on him, told him his only hope was to go to Arizona. He couldn't afford to do so. They also told him flatly, you know, uncaring, that he only had a few weeks to live. And so then he began using honey daily. Five years later, the same doctors examined him. Didn't believe it was the same person because he was basically well. And the only thing was they found a few spots on his lungs. So they, they flatly wouldn't believe that it was even the same person because they... They don't, they don't have faith in things that our Heavenly Father gave us. They only have faith in drugs, okay? That's, that's like their God to them, is drugs. So, Mrs. Lorna G. reports that as a young girl, she was given up by her physicians as a hopeless consumptive, meaning she had tuberculosis. Someone prescribed a diet of honey, and goat's milk, and I'm sure it was raw goat's milk, not the pasteurized kind you find in a can at the store or in a carton, with the result that she was free of illness the rest of her life and still spry and healthy at 90. So, a diet of honey and goat's milk, and not, not only, that's not the only thing she ingested, but she took that and it healed her of tuberculosis, and she lived to be at least 90 years old, so... She uh, got healthy that way with the raw goat's milk and the honey. And by the way, raw goat's milk is something that I've read to you and talked to you about many, many times as basically the best milk there is other than breast milk from the mother of a child, a baby, etc. You know, that's what a baby would need. But as far as the next best thing, it would be the raw goat's milk. And vinegar 
healed a serious lung infection. A five-year-old girl developed a nagging cough, which exploded into a serious lung infection. Doctors gave her penicillin, streptomycin, and areomycin. She improved and then had a relapse. It was found that her problem was a germ, which no drug could touch, that was rampaging through her system because the antibiotics that killed had killed away all its enemies. Other drugs were tried without success. Large cavities developed in both her lungs. It was impossible to operate because she was too weak. Then her doctor heard how diluted vinegar was used to treat 165 cases of ear infection due to the same germ. He placed a vaporizer near her bed containing two tablespoons of vinegar in a quart of boiling water and had her inhale this for 15 minutes, three times a day. If it were me, I would not use distilled vinegar or any other kind of vinegar unless that is all I had and I was absolutely desperate, you know, and I couldn't get the right kind of vinegar for some reason, like it had hit the fan and that's all I had. Then, you know, I'd probably use distilled vinegar or some other kind of vinegar. Otherwise, I would use the kind that you tell me talk about, you hear me talk about all the time, which is the raw apple cider vinegar that's organic with the mother, um, like Solana Gold or Bragg or another brand that's just as good, in a glass bottle, preferably. So the child improved, the five-year-old child, and was able to go home. Treatments continued. She gained weight. Her cough disappeared, and she is now living a normal life. In a medical article, the doctor states, this inexpensive vinegar vapor method of treatment can be used in the home for patients with chronic pulmonary separation, which means lung infection with pus, for which surgical intervention is not suitable. Vinegar, a miracle medicine food that accomplished what penicillin could not. That's pretty miraculous. 30 years of suffering ended overnight. A man reports that he suffered from asthma for 30 years. While standing by a fence, chatting with a neighbor, he absentmindedly nibbled a bit of comfrey leaf. That evening, he seemed to feel better and had his first night of restful sleep in years. He racked his brain to remember what he had done that day to obtain such results. He reasoned it must be the comfrey leaf. Now he eats some every day and has not suffered from asthma since. And then I'm sure you probably have heard, most of you, if you've listened to me or you've heard it mentioned by Hesh, um, and he's the, Hesh Goldstein is the host of two shows on AVR, health shows. Um, and he has told everybody many times how he healed his asthma that he had had for years and years um, by taking the organic sulfur. He's a huge believer in it, and he took it for three days, and he healed his asthma. So this person healed their asthma, a man that had suffered from asthma for 30 years, by chewing on a comfrey leaf. And then he takes it every day, hasn't suffered from asthma since. So... We'll be back and learn a lot more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Like a young man, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.